Guess who is doing another podcast about music? Just a couple of men without hats, wearing cardigans, using modern English to take you to crazy town. Now, we may try to throw a fastball your way, but don't worry. We won't burn the midnight oil too long, just till Tuesday. It's One Hit Wonders, this week on Nothing Good. Well, <laughs> that's a hell of an intro. I don't have anything for these music intros except fucking puns. <laughs> as as somebody Welcome. as somebody who does puns as a part of his job, I admire the fuck out of that. Why thank you. Like sir. I've I've got wood right now. Thank you. I'm I'm at a, I'm not at I'm not at like I didn't go from six to midnight, but I'm at least at ten thirty. You've got a pretty firm chumbawamba. Absolutely, I'm tub thumping mm. right now. <laughs> we'll be talking about that, guys. Yes, it's the show. Welcome back. Yes, yes, Another yes. Week. Uh, I am wearing a hat, though. You are. I was I was really concerned about that when I was reading that, but uh, I'll allow it. All right. Should I take the hat off? No. Just to... yeah, keep it on. Keep mm. it on. Yeah. All right. All right. It's regal, it, but jacket off. Oh, jacket mm. off all the time. In the presence of this podcast. Yeah. So this is the second week <laughs> in a row where we got Max sitting in the chair hey. with us. I guess so nice. We asked him back for uh, twice. I, apparently, I was allowed back in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. They didn't. They didn't call the cops on me yet. No, not yet. No, we haven't told my wife you're here yet. So, <laughs> so <laughs> she, ha- she hasn't called. You know, that's, anybody. That's safer that way, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how are you guys? How are you guys doing? We're getting close to Thanksgiving. Doing We're great. Pushing into that time yeah, of the year. It's my favorite holiday. Is it? Yeah, I mean, I like Christmas, and uh, I, especially being a parent now, right? And that's super cool. That's what I gear towards. But as far as me, mm-hmm. and the only time I really kind of focus on what I want all year is Thanksgiving and that goddamn plate. That first plate. <laughs> it's like, I feel like a fucking battle strategist. I'm like, okay, I only have so much surface area. This thing has 12 inches in diameter, okay? Got to get my, I got to get my turkey. Got to go with my dark meat. Got to go with the stuffing. Dude, depending on what house I'm at, if I'm making dinner, there's collard greens. But if I'm going to, like, how white are my relatives? And I'm not going to eat their mac and cheese or their collard greens. I will go to a fu- the fucking Boston market yeah. in, like, shady side, And I will get that shit to go yeah. just to have it with my leftovers, like, two days later. But, yeah. But, yeah. I'm a big Thanksgiving guy. How about you guys? I don't like, thank- I don't like Thanksgiving at all. What? Uh, I don't like any of the food really associated with it, with the, with the exception of a couple items. Really? I don't like turkey. No, I hate turkey. How do you hate turkey? It doesn't taste good. Until and before you, you tell me I've never had good turkey, mm. I've had five-star chef-level fucking turkey. I've had I've had turkey wrapped in fucking bacon, and I've had deep-fried turkey. I've had turkey. Turkey's not that good. I've seen I you think, I've seen you and our uh, former roommate Ryan defile a turkey yeah. with a stick of butter. Yeah. It so, still wasn't that good. I mean, it had to taste a little better. <laughs> It tasted a little butter. Your, your hand was. Ah! Your, your, <laughs> you like that? Your hand was I in did. it. You did have a um, hand in it. I had a hand yeah, in it already. Right. No, well, this I, is a funny episode. <laughs> just going, you, you let it off. Humana, 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 humana. But yeah, I, uh, I, I like um, good mac and cheese. But you can get mac and cheese. You can make. It's not a. To me, it's not a Thanksgiving thing. No. Uh, that's really. The only thing that I don't mind, mashed potatoes, but again, not really a Thanksgiving thing. The thing that makes it Thanksgiving is turkey. I think turkey is not good. I know people do ham. I would prefer to have ham. Mm. I've Um, seen people do chicken. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. a lot of people would do chicken. Yeah, I'd rather uh, just do pizza. 
I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I mean, you, first of all, it's I, I, I mean, if Thanksgiving in this country is about any one thing, it's about making sure that you have a meal to remember all the indigenous people that we fucked over to yeah. get to where we are today. Yeah. And at that point, it's your meal and your level of indigenous fuckery. And see, I actually look at it the other way around, is that if there's anything more American than, than Thanksgiving, it's just, you know, unnecessary gluttony. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so that's that's really where my process has been over the last few weeks. I start right before Halloween, and I really start working to expand my gut. Mm-hmm. And it's basically a three-month trek through New Year's and just complete gluttony and then basically crying through January. I like that. Yeah, I like that. you. Just get, I, now I know you are the the largest proponent of a gobblerito that I've ever met. I was going to mention it if you didn't, so I'm happy that you, you that are, you did. You, every time I see one or uh, or anyone posts on Facebook about one, I assume it's you, and then Correct. I generally am upset when it's not, and then I go pop on your Facebook page and just see to, what you've been up to, just lately. to make sure I'm okay. Yeah, just make sure you're like, all right, you know, there's a gobblerito that you haven't claimed. Right. <laughs> so I am uh, I am uh, two gobbleritos down. So far, Beautiful. Uh, this year, with at least one more to go, leading up to the big day. Yeah. Now, now for those of you who have never heard of the glob- the uh, gobblerito before, it is a delicacy at a local Pittsburgh restaurant chain called Mad Mex. Which is weird that we're talking about a a Pittsburgh based Mexican Tex restaurant. <laughs> uh, which there is, it's so it's so weird and it's so bad in a lot of ways. But their fucking fucking all time signature dish is a Thanksgiving this, burrito. This thing in this town, everybody, is it, it it is an incredible delicacy. And what they do is they're going to take a tortilla shell mm-hmm. and they're going to stuff it with turkey. Yeah. Stuffing. Yeah. I'm going to get a little closer to the mic here. Get there. And get there. Uh turkey mm-hmm. stuffing mm-hmm. mashed potatoes mm-hmm. corn mm-hmm. black beans mm-hmm. and then we're going to wrap that up yeah. and we're going to put some gravy all over it yeah. and give you a side of cranberry sauce yeah, knife and fork oh knife and fork absolutely you have to yeah. um the burrito ladies and gentlemen is and this is not an exaggeration it is absolutely the side of size of your head yes it's- so um, and it is amazing. It's it's one of these things that I, I never knew that I would love. Uh, but as I discovered it many years ago, I make sure to try to get a couple every year. Uh, and I've gotten to the point where where I used to not be able to finish it in one sitting. Mm-hmm. And now I can finish it and, you know, maybe have a little bit of an appetizer kind of tossed in there. A little there. bit of a, yeah, um, something salty. Some, some tortilla, uh, maybe some tortilla soup. Yeah. They have some good tortilla yeah. soup there or uh, some uh, shrimps and salsa. You know, we'll get the pick dip of there. Yeah, very nice. So, very nice. Um, but it is it is a crazy delicacy. They they start it in September, and they serve it through the day before Thanksgiving, and then one day in April, they it's they, they bring day. it out. It's Gobblerito Day, and if you don't get your fucking Gobblerito by two o'clock in the afternoon, you ain't getting it all day. You are not getting it. They nope. are sold out of this thing. It's like if Mrs. T's pierogi factory like literally let you come up and kiss Mrs. T on the mouth. <laughs> Everyone in Pittsburgh will line up for it, and that's how it is on Gobbler. Is it day. tongue or no tongue with Mrs. Oh, T? Oh, if you don't fucking, like, listen. You it's got to be tongue. You got well, to tongue make Mrs. Sure. T, and you're like, oh, that absolutely is a classic cheddar and onion taste <laughs> in Mrs. T's mouth. <laughs> uh, I feel bad for the person listening to this. And, like, if you don't know what a Gobblerito is, I understand. Like, you got, you have to say, but if you haven't had a fucking pierogi or know what Mrs. T is, you live your life. Especially you, Peru. <laughs> hey, Peru. Mm, what you doing, girl? Yeah, you feeling good? You feeling succulent? Mm-hmm. Succulent brew. 
But uh, to end our Thanksgiving thing, I am not a gobblerito guy as much as I am. There's a gas station here. So I have to go find high quality Can we can we just recap the Pittsburgh dining scene here for yes. everybody for just a second? There's a gas station. So, so first off, we are going to have a Pittsburgh-based Tex-Mex restaurant that serves Thanksgiving dinner and a burrito. <laughs> And then That'd we're going to amazing. transition to the second Thanksgiving delicacy, which is served through the fucking gas station. A, a, a chain of gas stations. A station. chain of gas stations. Uh, that have a surprising, or it, like, listen, to some of our East Coast listeners, you'd be familiar with what Wawa is or Sheets. But the local, very specific Pittsburgh version is a place called Gecko, and they have a sandwich called the Pilgrim. Now, I quite enjoy the Pilgrim because where the Pilgrim takes that gobblerito kind of a sense, it uses stuffing bread. And that stuffing bread, like, oh my God. Like, if that stuffing bread became sentient <laughs> and came knocking at my door at two o'clock in the morning and I'm like, and it's like, hey, how you doing? I'm like, I can't. My wife's my wife's here. My family's here. I have a family. <laughs> my wife's in bed. And the stuffing bread was like, she'll oh. never know. And I'm like, get in here. I, I that, that felt... That felt very much like the end of Up in the Air to me when, like, George Clooney knocks on Vera Farmiga's door. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm here. I'm ready to commit. And she's like, my fucking family's upstairs. Oh, and then he man. has to go back to the airport and hop on the plane and fly home. That's how I felt when you just said the stuffing knocked on the door. There it and is. you're like, shh, my family's upstairs. I, I have a family now. Except in my version of that, uh, I drive the, the – I, t- I t- I'll give you a ride to the stuffing bread. <laughs> and I drive it around the block and bang it in somebody else's driveway. Just cover it in gravy. I come back and my yeah. wife's like what are all these crumbs everywhere <laughs> <laughs> but welcome to the yeah. show yeah. welcome to an episode I mean, about music this is it. nothing fucking to do with thanksgiving you can tell we're all hungry recording this fucking podcast uh but it's it's once again we're at the end of our trip around the horn as we like to call it because mm-hmm. in our cycle of uh film then wrestling then video games and then we always end up on music and here we are today is one Hit wonders. Yes. Which is a weird subject. And I, I appreciate you guys humoring me for picking this because as we will uncover, I think one hit wonders does have a lot of definitions to everybody when you hear that term. But based off of what I wanted to try to do here to open the show, is kind of give you the technical definitions. Yeah, I'm really wonder. interested in this. Yeah. So I have I have a couple of things to say. It's not just a band that has one hit. <laughs> no, because then you have to define what is the one hit. I right? want, I wonder. So the Mario. I got that. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. You're so good. You're so three good. three people in Albania <laughs> fucking dropped on that joke. We're, I didn't even know we had listeners in Albania. We, but, yeah, I, we do now. We, we do, do now. now. We, we better. better do now. We better. Someone's like, oh, you made the trouble of a reference. I'm absolutely. Fuck yes. I'm that absolutely was, that was also a piss poor Albanian accent. I just rolled my R's and just hope it's stuck somewhere <laughs> in Europe. You know what I mean? I'm just going to change the IP address so we have three people in Albania now. See, that's, that's what perfect. I'm going to basically yes. do. That's, that. that's next level metrics manipulation right there. <laughs> I just thought if I really wanted to attract our Eastern European audience, I'd just wear a tracksuit and swish <laughs> the whole time while I'm talking about it. <laughs> so, and they say, oh, are we going to discotheque? No? Okay. Discotheque. Okay, so for, let's start it off here. Uh, so what is One Hit Wonder? Well, the Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines a musical group uh, defines it as a musical group that has achieved recognition on the basis of only one widely popular song. Now, the Urban Dictionary. Oh, this ought to be good. Oh, here we go. Uh, defines a one shit wonder as <laughs> when taking a dump 
A person simply produces just one big, long piece of shit that amazes the human eye. Although this will be the only piece of shit you'll be able to get out during your entire bathroom session, the joy that comes with it is immeasurable. Common feelings include deep satisfaction, amazement, relief, and a well sense of being. In context, I felt like my ass was going to explode after all those tacos we ate, man. But instead, I just had a one-shit wonder. The thing had to be a good foot and a half long. <laughs> so satisfying. So soothing. I have a lot of thoughts on this. <laughs> but I feel like that should be saved for possibly another episode. Another I, could, I would really hijack this one yeah. in that case. <laughs> but the, the most accepted definition of what a one-hit wonder actually is, to a clinical term, was uh, released by Rolling Stone. And when they described a one-hit wonder to the record industry, what they, what the record executives refer to a one-hit wonder as, the strict definition is a one-hit wonder as an artist or band who only has one song make the top forty oh, no. of the Billboard Hot 100. Well, that list, changes things. Which is the hmm. standard definition, of, uh, which is all musical genres combined. It's not the top rock list. It's not the top hip hop list. Not pop. The Billboard Hot 100 has been the definition of what a top hit is since the 50s, and it has to make the top 40, and you only have to be able to have one of them. So if you have a song coming at 39 and another song coming at 41, guess what, motherfucker? You're a one-hit wonder yeah. by the technical definition. That's interesting. Of the I term. did not. Know so there that. it is. I went. I went like, okay, well, who 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 really controls this fucking definition as to whether or not a band will get another album released or not and we went there so, so the answer is billboard billboard yeah there it billboard is billboard because it's proactively owned by by the way if you go to billboard.com and, and put in an artist and try to look at a thing uh it will tell you one album and what the album charted as and if you hit more you hit a fucking paywall get the fuck out of billboard here. like who the fuck is gonna like oh shit i gotta sign up for billboard <laughs> Listen, Pro. i blame napster Napster. We're gonna but we're gonna do an episode one time on Napster and Live. Oh god, I hope so. And you know what? We should actually bring on as a guest of the show the fucking your parents' computer that you ruined. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows this one person who did that. Uh, so many of them. It's like, yeah. Did you guys ever you know, I'm gonna ask you a question. Did you guys ever when they did the Napster purges, did you have a fucking song that, that got you kicked off of Napster for that? Because I remember mine. Forgot about Dre. Because they did a scan of your library, and if you had one of the fucking songs from that mm. artist on there, they kicked you off. And Dre got me for "Forgot About Dre." I did. I, I I did have "Forgot About Dre" on my Napster. I did download it through Napster. Um, I don't remember. I don't know if I was still necessarily using Napster at that point in time. Yeah, I don't I was, think I was. I think I was on LimeWire at that point. I, I was actually. I was very early on the iPod. Yeah. Um. And and being able to kind of put your music through your computer onto the iPod and also download songs that way. Just kind of buy it and own it, and there it is. And and going back to us working together at Toys R Us, there was a promotion. I don't remember if it was through. I think it's through Pepsi, where you got for every Pepsi that you bought, there is a code for a free download. Mm -hmm. And I I fucking hoarded the shit. Yep. Out of that when that first happened because nobody had an iPod at that point in time. So I'm like, oh, can I have your cap? And I had like 200 free downloads. That's fantastic. That That's a lot thing. of codes to put in. That's so that genius, like though. that carried me through for you know a couple of years almost at that point. Uh, so so yeah, I, I kind of got off Napster before you know the the great purge started happening. Good good wise man. Did you get booted or you you were off before that boot? Uh, before Lars Ulrich became a piece of shit. I'm pretty confident that 
I did not sure he was before. I did not I experience that. the purge because I'm pretty sure by that point I was I had already moved on to LimeWire. And then eventually to Bear Share. Because I think Bear Share came after LimeWire. I think Bear Share was my first dipping into torrenting. Like because it was like if you what it was is you would download uh, a, a text file on BearShare and it would be the link mm. to the torrent for I think the first game I ever torrented was like uh NHL one for the PC. Or something along those lines, you know? And it was like, it had to get four packs and follow this whole thing just to be able to play a game that I then realized my computer couldn't handle. <laughs> We've um, all done that. Yes. At least once. So one hit wonder. So we do have a playlist on uh, that you will find on any of our social media right now as you listen. I know you are probably might be in your car or on the, on the subway or something. Uh, if you want to pause and then wander over and then follow the playlist, it has some of the songs we're talking about today. But I want to drop a little sprinkle on something for you here today. Do you know what the technically most commercially successful one-hit wonder song is? I is it on your list? I, I did not add it to okay. my list. Okay. But I, you may have added it to my list. I can look and see. Do so you, when you say commercially successful, are we Sold talk- the most copies so and made the most, the most money at the same time. For a one-hit wonder. And I promise you... That it is such a one-hit wonder that I would be so super impressed if you could tell me who the actual artist that did it was. That's how successful the song was and how much of a one-hit wonder it is. That's why it's it's iconic as the quintessential one-hit wonder. A part of me is hoping it's Eddie Murphy's Party All the Time. (laughs) Uh, No. To reiterate my favorite joke about that, in 1992... Party All the Time was the low point of Eddie Murphy's career. Mm. In 2021, Party All the Time is the middle point mm. of Eddie Murphy's career. <laughs> I'm trying to think, man. Like, it's got to be a one-hit wonder, which means I probably have never heard of anything else they've done previous or mm-hmm. after. I got nothing. You ready? I, well, my I'm, my official yeah. guess is going to be the Macarena. It is the Macarena. Ah. Yeah. The Macarena is the most commercially successful by far. Far and away, the most successful one-hit wonder mm. of all time. That's a really good call. Now, yeah. now with with the success of the Macarena. Call, thank you, thank you. Uh, that was that was the very first song on my list. There it of, is of one-hit wonders. Quintessential is that because of just how massive that song was. Oh yeah, and and pretty much you know every third wedding you go to today, that song is going to be played at some point in time. Mm-hmm. Did was it a one hit wonder because that was the only hit they made, or was it a one hit wonder because it was song was so fucking successful that they just said fuck it, that's it, we're done. I don't, we don't have to do anything else after this. And Los Del Rio just kind of just went off in the Macarena sunset doing that dance the entire way through. <laughs> you know what? I would imagine that you know at some point that Macarena money got to run dry, right? And then you're like, oh, let's do another thing, or you just do remixes of the Macarena. <laughs> I would Remix. not. <laughs> Sorry. Bye. <laughs> get that fucking joke over. I swear to God. But I, I wouldn't. I don't blame anybody, right? I don't blame anybody for doing that. You know, because we also grew up in the '80s and the '90s, where if you were fucking like known as a character, like you were fucking cousin Balky, yeah. or you were any like one character, you were that character on like a thousand. You were that character on Hollywood Squares. 
Family Feud Celebrity Edition fucking Double Dare 2000, right? <laughs> you could be that character you go. So I, I respect that idea that, oh, I fucking wrote the Macarena. Shit, I don't got to do anything else for the rest of my life. And in like 15 years, I'll just remix the Macarena. Uh, I respect that. So you don't have to, but I would still not be surprised if somebody's fucking pride said, I'm going to try an album. And then you put it out and like 12 people download it. <laughs> and you're like, you know what? Nope. We're gonna do a seven remix. We do like reanimation, <laughs> reanimation for it's like remockerina, remockimation. I don't know, but that's the most successful one hit wonder of all time. That so, does not surprise me one bit. No, it's really no. Isn't you surprising. still hear it to this day. Uh, I say you can't. There's very few forces in the world that are as powerful as white women who want to dance and be told exactly how to dance. <laughs> You know, that's why you hear the cha-cha slide and all that other shit every time that a large group of white women show up. You're like, oh, shit, someone's about to play the Cupid Shuffle right now, aren't they? <laughs> and then the Macarena will go, and then as they get drunk, the electric slide will show up in the locomotion, mm-hmm. you know? And there, then inevitably ends with uh, Conga there, by Gloria Estefan. There, there is a, there is a, a segment in every single wedding um, that... They will play those six songs basically in succession, and yep. they they don't do it right away because nobody's drunk enough to yeah, really get into it. You have to be drunk it. enough. You, you, to be drunk enough. you can't leave with it. No, but like after you've got the 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 couples dance, and mm-hmm. then you know the the groom's dancing with his mom, and the bride's you know dancing with her dad, and then you do you know maybe the the dance where people can give money and dance with yeah. the bride or groom and stuff like that. And then you've had like 10 minutes or not 10 minutes, but probably like an hour of like actual good music that they really like to listen to. And people are really drunk and you're three mm-hmm. hours clear from hors d'oeuvres and appetizers and drinks and everything else. Then we're going to go ahead and put the Macarena on and the place is going to fucking go crazy. You, you, you know what the song that precedes that is, is someone now in 2021, uh, you know, it's about to be white people dancing time when someone puts uptown funk on. Like oh shit, photo and all the oh my god, (laughs) and that's when they grab you to pull you on the dance floor because you're sitting there talking to your friends a little bit and it's like oh my god this is my jam. You have had five beers without moving, yeah, Uh, and so as you move you're getting more drunk, and and at this stage in the night their shoes are off, yes, so they're fucking they're really comfortable and they're ready to go. Did you ever notice like there's a lot of relatives that you have when you go to a wedding that like your mom's friends or your aunt's friends, right? That you're like, I, you know, I never really thought of it like this. But as soon as those song hits, those women like are, are completely unable to stand up straight. And it's just like I've never wanted to see my mom's best friends, other best friends like boobs falling out while dancing to the cha-cha slide or I never wanted to see those women wobble but now I gotta fucking sit here because if I walk away disgusted now I'm gonna be in trouble with my mom right you know it's like you're, you're, you know, she's practically your aunt. That doesn't make it any better, mom. Right. Like, I Karen was always there for you. She was like it. She just thinks you look nice in your in your sweater today. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> listen, there's a lot of videos on the internet that start this way. <laughs> I gotta fucking go. But regardless, so I have some data to go through. Oh, this is gonna oh. be good. Okay. And I know we're going to eventually, this is going to devolve into us just shouting songs at each other. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, or Mobo number five. And I'm going to say this eight times during this episode, but I'm going to say fuck trapped. Okay. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> fuck trapped. Yeah. And we're yeah. going to keep going into here. But I have two really interesting things to go with you here. 
So, scrolling past the Urban Dictionary definition, which is great. Um, so, One Hit Wonders, based off the definition I said, again, has to be a song. Only one in the top 40 of the Billboard Hot 100. Only one. Uh, you can have a thousand outside of that top 40. But if you only had one, guess what, motherfucker? You're a one-hit wonder. I have bands that you would be surprised to find out are technically one-hit wonders. And I guarantee you may have a, a certain adverse reaction to some of these. Oh, okay. So good. I'm going to start, start you off with a shocker. Yeah, two in a pink, one in a stink. One in the stink. Use the pinky to hit the play on the Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you do it here. Shock him. Blink-182 is a one-hit wonder. That's not surprising at all. Number six, all the small things hit number six in 2000, and they've never had a song break the top 40 outside of that. I'm actually very surprised I'm not that. surprised that you're not that you are well, surprised. Just only because, you know, I mean, all, all the small things was huge, obviously was massive. TRO, huge. But and 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 this is where I'm going to have trouble with this particular podcast. When I start thinking outside of the songs that I was thinking about is I'm not going to be able to remember certain song titles. Mm -hmm. um, I want to say it was Miss You. Is, is that? I miss you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very surprised. I don't that like Blink 182, so that works yeah, for me. I'm, I am surprised that song did not crack 40. I'm not going to say number one, but no. you know, if you, you gotta, you gotta just kind of yeah. slip a finger in the top 40 and see how it feels. I mean, yeah, just just at least one knuckle deep. Yeah, right, right. I, but I also think you have to think in times when, uh, especially as we get the songs that will uh, or artists that'll be around the late 90s to early 2000s. Uh, in order to crack the top 40, you don't just have to be at the top of your genres playlist, but it almost has to be kind of thin in other genres for you to get to that top 40, because we're yeah. in like peak commercialism at the end of the 90s and the early 2000s. So, yeah. And what's that other song where they go, here's your holiday? I believe that's called Holiday. Yeah, is oh, that, is no, that no, what that's, it's called? That, well, that's, 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 that's Green Day, a band I fucking hate. Oh, well, man, you really do. You really I do. I fucking hate Green Day. I don't really care. And let me just let me just be real for a second. And I know how how the significant others of people in this room feel about that. And knowing that they'll never listen to the podcast, I feel I feel fine. Wait, don't talk. Don't stop. Wait, wait, wait. But to anybody listening to this podcast through any years and generations, I don't care who you are, what you do. And what kind of reaction that you would have to this. If you would even keep me in my basement and torture me for saying this. I don't fucking like Green Day. And if you do, if you fucking add any kind of credibility to that fucking bullshit, then there's only one thing that I can say to you. Well, he, he's getting up. He got up. He's moved his chair a he little did. bit. There's, oh, there's room. He's running. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I feel strongly uh, about it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. You feel better? But yeah, that's not the holiday song from Green right. Day. Yeah, I, uh, I I have a lot of feelings about Green Day um, yeah. that that I that I can and cannot share in my household. But it's not that she knows that I'm not a Green Day fan. Mm -hmm. Um. I don't think that she knows quite to the level that I'm not a Green Day fan, but I'm a fan of her. So if she wants to go to a Green Day concert, I will go and I will find some, you know, solace in trying to have fun at a Green Day concert. But, you know, when they recently came through, 
I stayed home on that one. Oh, you know mm. what? And I uh, I appreciate that. First of all, they do sell beer at concerts, <laughs> they so do. it makes it easier. Yeah. As um, listen, we have to have relationships with people we love, and if it's important to that person that you love, then you can find a way to get through something, and I understand that. But Blink One Eighty Two, are you ready? Keep that in mind. Yeah. What you just said about that concert. Okay. For the end of this. Oh, I think I know where we're going with that one. <clears throat> Another act that you'd be surprised to find out is technically one hit wonder, the White Stripes. I'm not surprised. Also by that. not surprised. I thought I'm not surprised. Just because for it seems like for the last 15 years, Jack White has been fucking everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know? And so I'm just surprised that he only had one song in the top 40. What song was that? Uh Icky Thump. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, not not in seven not Seven Nation Army, which yeah. you still hear. The yeah. Fact, the fact that That's Manchester City is uh hanging above my thing and their fucking fight song is uh, that every primarily thing is fucking Seven Nation seven Army. Seven Nation Army. Yeah. Uh, it's either Hey Jude or Seven Nation Army, and that song's not in the fucking top 40. I don't, you know, but that was surprising for me. Here's a classic one. Here's one for the dads. Jimi Hendrix. Really? One Hit Wonder, All Along the Watchtower, in 1968. Wow. Was the, uh, uh, that is surprising. Reached number 20. That's a little surprising. So it wasn't even a number one hit. It was a number 20 hit. As a Dave Matthews fan and having to hear that song at every fucking concert that they play, mm-hmm. I'm I'm not surprised that that is the number one. That's the one. That's yeah. the one. Yeah. Not written by Jimi Hendrix. Did you know that? I did know that. Yeah. Bob yeah. Dylan. Bob <laughs> Dylan wrote that yeah. one. Yep. And the one that surprised me so much that I actually got a little irritated with it. Right? <laughs> uh, and when I mentioned it to my wife, she was like really responsive until I said this one and she fucking shut down. Like she got angry. Weezer. Hmm. Weezer is technically a one-hit wonder. It's also not surprising. I mean, I are, we, are we sure it's that not. that's... Are we sure that that's the case now, though? Because still, didn't their cover of Africa, didn't that crack the top? That I, th- I feel like that had to have cracked the top, top of the rock charts. No shit. No, only one song in the Billboard Top 40. Beverly Hills. In 2005. Which is not even a great one. Great, it's not a good not song. Even like it's one like of the, the worst like, Weezer song. It's but you know what? It makes top. sense because that song was incredibly popular. It, it was. Very it was. Popular. I would have thought, like, uh, 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 there's only two Weezer songs I really don't like. Uh, that's one of them. And Island in the Sun is the other one. And I'll even, like, allow... If I'm, like, cooking on the grill and Island in the Sun comes on, I won't reach to turn it off. But I won't ever actively seek to put it on but hmm. i thought that would have been the fucking song to be number one not buddy holly not any of that other shit but no weezer oh, is technically a one buddy hit wonder. holly wasn't a top 40 no man that just tells you how stacked the 90s were that yeah. that fucking song or any of the other fucking songs from any of these other artists in the early 2000s didn't fucking crack it didn't crack a top 40 song well when so when, when you say it that way i'm I'm surprised, but I'm not because I'm, I'm sure as this is something we'll be talking about as we really dive into this and get, you know, like wrist deep. Um, is mm. that <laughs> I like it? Lose your watch in it. It's, I'm not gonna lose it. <laughs> is, it is. Watch yeah. in it. Yeah. No, excuse me, your fitness tracker now. These yeah, um, which are way easier to come off. It's my, somebody, it's you know? my, basic... I wouldn't, no, I don't know about, I don't know. You know what? I'm going to pause. You fucking sit on your high horse and say that you don't know what it's like to fist somebody so deep that you lose your Fitbit tracker that you wouldn't fuck the Sega Channel that you wouldn't let the Gobblerito go down on you in a Mad Max parking lot while you're trying to look for a Best Buy gift card that you lost. <laughs> 
Yes. How fucking dare you, sir? <laughs> How I would step into your studio and, and I just, bend you. I just got lightheaded. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was that was one of those when you know I would be laughing for 22 minutes straight and just not stop and just be in tears by the end of it. Oxygen is is optional uh, at that point, but yeah, those are all technically one hit one. Not they are technically one hit wonders. Are you ready for surprising acts? That, yes, uh, that aren't one hit wonders technically, because when you think about those bands, you could probably each one of those bands or artists think of. A couple other songs, right? And you're like, oh, how did that not? Oh, I guess not. Here are some artists that technically are not one-hit wonders. And I'm going to start with a heavy fucking hitter right now on this list. Flock of Seagulls. Jimi Hendrix is a one-hit wonder. Weezer is. But a Flock of Seagulls is technically not a one-hit wonder. I'm not even trying to know who they are. They did the song Iran so far away. You would know it from the fucking Vice City it opens Vice City. Yeah. Oh. That's... Huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that band is not a fucking one-hit wonder. How much of a song are we allowed to hum or sing before we're logically going to get sued? <laughs> well, because the rule... I can't use the original, but if we just start if singing it, I ran so singing. far away right now. <laughs> okay. There's nothing a flock of seagulls... There's I think, nothing I think can... a flock of seagulls might text me and say thank you for that. <laughs> But a flock of seagulls. Okay, you ready for some more? And yes. some of these, I'm going to go ahead and say, is also my own personal thing that I can't believe they had more than one technical song. Papa Roach. Ooh. Papa Roach is not a one-hit wonder. Because that fucking Scar song oh, yeah. that came out a couple years after Last Resort, that, yeah. fucking, that fucking did it in. I'm assuming Last Resort was the, the initial. Was the other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Last Resort and Scars. Those were some big, pretty big popular songs. They were. You know, we can't think of any other pop road songs that you would, that, let's say yeah. hypothetically, that Drew or Jeff didn't just text us in a group text that we would ever want to <laughs> By the way, say. fuck that song. That song is not good. No. It's really I irritating liked, me. I liked the beat until somebody, I don't even know who it was, opened their fucking mouth on that song, but I can't find Swerve or something? Was that what it was? Something like that. Yeah. I, I think no. I gave it like a legit. 30 seconds before I just turn it off. Starts with that weird sampled acoustic guitar. Cool. Yeah. And then as soon as someone opened their mouth, I was like, ah, right. Horns could not save it. Speaking of, of, of things that couldn't be saved, and this is a Christian reference, P.O.D. is not a one-hit wonder. What you would think about what the fuck out POD was like a thing from like 1999 to 1999. That album had fucking two of them, man. Well, that was what Southtown was one was right. Southtown was not a top hit. It was not. No, it was Boom and Alive. Oh, I didn't even pick up on that one. It's a Christian rock band. They are very Christian. I didn't realize they didn't start that way. But I guess in order to save their careers, they found Jesus. They found Christ after South. Southtown was a badass song, though. I fucking love that song. I mean, Aaron Lewis found country music, so we all do what we have to do to survive. Yeah, Aaron Aaron Lewis. You ever see him live? You ever seen Stain live? Ever have the displeasure of seeing Stain? No. If you saw them live in the late '90s, early 2000s, versus seeing him live now, it is. I, I saw some like imagery. I he he looked like my neighbor who was watering his lawn. Like <laughs> how I envisioned, like how I envisioned him, like back in the early '90s, all black. You know the 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 long jeans, uh, the, the chains, yeah, the the piercings and everything. And then you know I saw like a video of him doing a performance from like this past <laughs> summer, and he just kind of looked like some dude who was just you know putting his groceries in his car. So <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> 
He looks like that dude from 90 Day Fiance that everyone's been using <laughs> on a meme template. Oh my god. The long hair. It's what yeah. he looks like now. But uh, the greatest disappointment was seeing Stain live. Homeboy, you said he found country music. He needed to find a breath of air when he, because the first song, motherfucker, gets blown up, mm. uh, and it's just, ha, ah, welcome, ah, on the outside, hum for fucking ninety minutes, and I was like so excited when they started. And by the end, I'm like, Get, fucking go, I got somebody else to see. At the end of this show. <laughs> fucking go. But sta- stained, also not a one hit wonder, but not, but here, so POD. All right, and then here's my own two surprise things. Not a one-hit wonder. Savage Garden. Not a one-hit wonder. Hmm. I did not know that that was the kind of band that people had crushes on. Oh, man. Yeah. Let me tell you, my friend, uh, a mutual friend we all know uh, that I grew up with, uh, she loved that group. Yeah. With a passion. Wow. Yeah. Like, we would, like, she would, like, go on and on about it. And I'd go, I don't care. Did she did she want to take them with a <clears throat> Jerry Cola? I'm assuming. Was that one of them? That was one of the lyrics on one of the other B sides. No, I'm just trying to no. think if that was one of the songs because like I, I I know that they had two like real big love ballads. Yeah, like, like you know, truly I madly knew I lo- Yeah, yeah, and I then, knew I loved you before, before I met, met you. you. Yeah. How many prom songs do you think Savage Garden was responsible for? Well, do you think you get to play an actual prom today? Well, you don't have any prom babies that they're responsible oh, yeah. for. Dumpster babies responsible oh, for. Oh boy, how many, how many kids' middle name are Garden? <laughs> oh well, it's, it's talking about prom songs and circle. <laughs> Like for a second, in that split second, I just went through someone's whole life growing up. Like this is this is my son, Brayden Garden, and it's like, oh my god, Brayden! I know, no, and it's just like growing up being Garden, I mean, like, Garden. yeah, and the President Brayden Garden, Andrew Hyphen Johnson. I don't, know. I don't my, know. My parents were always there for me, and I was successful because of it. I knew you. I loved you. Yeah, before I met you. It's you, Brayden Garden. You imagine yelling, being mad at that kid at the Toys R Us. Braden Garden, <laughs> get back here right now. Uh, sorry, well, we keep going. Well, I also think you know later on in life when they meet their significant other and then she starts screaming out his middle name in passion. Mm. You know, she's like, "Oh my God, Garden, Garden, Moby, plow me, please!" <laughs> oh my God, I thought you said Moby. <laughs> <laughs> nobody's no ever one said that. About nobody's Moby. ever said First that. First of all, I feel like now I have. To yell Moby and state of sexual bliss. <laughs> My wife is gonna be so mad. I'm gonna, I'm gonna Moby. <laughs> Here we are going down to the south side. That's the only Moby song I know. I don't That's know it. any Moby songs. You don't know, you know, South Side by Moby? No. South Side because I'm from Pittsburgh, so it's South Side. South Side. South Side, South side with Gwen Stefani, 2002. I, I know who Moby is because Eminem didn't like him. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. He's a bald guy. Yeah. You ever watch the show Community? No. No? Mm-mm. Okay. I know no. what it is. I never watched uh, yeah. it. Yeah, well, there's a guy. Dave, you ever watch Community? Yeah. yeah. the dean on Community looks like... I have never seen Moby's face, but I've seen, like, the album that they used to have on the poster of Best Buy was just a bald guy with headphones. Yeah. And so I just picture in my headcanon that d- the dean from Community is fucking Moby. So. I'm afraid of Noah's headcanon. <laughs> like, I, like... You don't go in there. I just... I, I'm afraid of what would be in there. What goes on. Because what he lets out and filters out for us, 
is oftentimes horrifying. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> there's a there's a whole subsection on if you accidentally leave your phone unlocked around me, I know the exact spot to get naked Peter Dinklage that will be your phone wallpaper. <laughs> <laughs> it will be. Very tasteful, but very naked Peter Dinklage. Oh, yeah, Lannister no. always pays his debts. He does. Yeah, he does. Mm-mm. There you go. So, so my my only my as you, as you mentioned Moby, my mm-hmm. my basically my entire like concept of Moby was from an episode of like MTV Cribs. <laughs> <laughs> and and they were going through his house and he had fucking nothing in it. And it and it just pissed me <laughs> off. I was, I was unnaturally angry because he's taking us through this amazing house in like the middle of the woods somewhere that has like a <laughs> nothing in it. <laughs> Moby's got a house in the middle of the forest. Come here. And he has, he has it like has this like cool observation tower and stuff like with it because he's like, oh, you can like do stargazing and shit. And it's like, there's nothing in this fucking house. She's not like a except, super villain. Except one room. Where there's like a fucking million albums because he's a DJ. And that's like the only thing he has in his house. I'm like, fuck, have a hobby or something. Like, Jesus, you've got fucking a lot of money. This is like, the room where I have something. This is where the room where I have photos that I've scratched all the eyes out of. <laughs> this is my skin room. <laughs> I feel like, I don't know, like, like, Moby would be the kind of person who unironically, like, who just starts going into like Saruman shit from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> The age of men will fall. You will taste bad flesh. Sister's <laughs> <laughs> fucking getting into it. And we realize this isn't an episode of Cribs. <laughs> You're just there. You just needed to ask direction. <laughs> hey, guys, come on in and see. Actually, I think Moby would technically be a no-hit wonder. No, he is, he is in fact a no-hit wonder. No disrespect to Moby, but... Fuck you. <laughs> and the last uh, the last one that is a verifiable one-hit wonder that I was uh, surprised to find out, or that isn't a one-hit wonder and I'm surprised to find out, is 98 Degrees. Hmm. That one, honestly, I've saved it for last because I was, swear to God, I can't name one fucking 90 Degrees song. I think is this, I promise you, might be one of them. I, it was one of those weird wedding songs. Yeah. What's going to be great is he's going to sit here and tell us how he can't name one 98 Degrees song. And then he's just going to go fucking rattle off the names <laughs> of 10 98 Degrees songs. <laughs> he's like, I... <laughs> you know what's the thing about fucking 98 Degrees is I can say some shit and you'd be like, oh yeah, that one. Like, yeah. So, hey girl, do you know that song, right? Or it's like, yo, I got sideburns. Or... <laughs> He's, My dad owns a dealership. He's he's sitting over there like I can't name one 98 degrees song was that I knew I loved you before I met you. He's just shouting fucking lyrics. Uh, Look, you can't you cannot underestimate the power of the late nineties, early two thousands pop wave. No. That oh, came so strong. TRL and, dude. And what what those artists yeah, TRL absolutely. What what TRL was able to do for that genre specifically and um and 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 you know what we even still get today i mean it started off really with like britney spears and backstreet boys yeah. but once those two hit everybody was in a rush to get as many of those types of acts out oh, as possible because they were just they're about. gold mines well i think we all ultimately have uh i mean obviously the pop machine had been going for decades before that but i think we really got the spice girls to thank for that because the spice girls were like oh here's a pop group 
is back in style and hot chicks are back in style. So let's separate the two. Here's a pop group. And then here's a girl that's going to wear a schoolgirl outfit for video number one. Yeah. And a uh, a red leather outfit that is like, it's it's not a camel toe. It's a full on moose knuckle for, <laughs> for video number two. And, and, and now we're off to the races. Yeah. You know, and then you just sprinkle a bunch of angry white guy music over top of that. And there is 1999 and 98 and 2000. It basically, explains a lot. Yeah. That was, I, that was like 14 straight VMAs that you just ex- described right there. <laughs> yeah. And Eminem sitting in the audience just pissed. Pissed off that he's getting so much money in awards. <laughs> <laughs> How dare they? <laughs> but that's, uh, that's it. So also one little thing too. And I wanted to open this up to you guys. Yes. Is there anybody that you had pegged when they first came out as a one-hit wonder? Oh, this is a flash in a pan that you would ultimately have proved to be wrong about. Let me start you off with one, and then you guys go. I would have thought, for the first time I heard that song, that Lil Nas X and Old Town Road would have been a one-hit wonder, because it was just the right amount of I appeal to white people, old white people at Walmart kind of a thing, to say one and done. But he's absolutely proved everybody wrong, and he's making so much money and charting all over the place. A lot of money. A lot of money. So is there anybody you thought of as like, oh, this is a fucking thing, and then no. And then up being a whole fucking thing. Anyone off the top of your heads? Honestly? Not yet. Not yet? Not yet, no. I mean... It... Nobody you've naysayed, and then if proven out naysayed be... a lot of people. Like... <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh... <laughs> Not fucking Sega Channel. I heard you. I'm never going to forget that. Call back to our episode <laughs> in the archives of you not having sex with us. The Sega Channel came to your front door <laughs> and it, pres- it splayed itself before you. Wasn't tastefully new to it. It just spread itself out like a buffet. And you said no. I said I'd spoon it. You said you would cuddle it. But yeah. you wouldn't fuck it. No. And it knows. It's going to take it, but it would wish you had taken it the next step. <laughs> What about I don't you, speak Matt? for Sega Channel. <laughs> don't try to change this. <laughs> <laughs> People who did not it's, listen to that episode is going to hear this and go, what the? No, they're, they're going to listen to this episode. They're going to have to go back and, and listen to the previous episode go to see what all the fuss is to the about. last five minutes of the Sega Channel episode. And you listen to her. Watch it as the Sega Channel presents itself to him and says, take me. And he's like, <laughs> no. no. <laughs> but I'll spoon you. Ah, uh, I just, I don't know. Mm. How about you? Has there anyone you've ever naysayed and that has become a bigger hit than you thought? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, as you say that, I'm trying to think, you know, um, like who could, who would fall into that category? Um, you know, I, I guess one of the first ones I would probably go with and, and you know, I, I imagine that he's not a one hit wonder at this point, but... Would probably be Michael Bublé, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and or or just some of those, just the you know, like maybe Harry Connick Jr. So some of those those crooners, yeah, who because it's not a it's not a type of music that really gets an audience these days. Um, but but you know, of course, they're very talented singers, so mm-hmm. um, you know they're able to kind of kind of push through. Um, <clears throat> So, uh, Hoobastank, maybe. Ha! I'll go through Hoobastank in there as maybe another one. You know, the reason was not the first single that came out, but when that song hit, it hit real hard. 
I, I'm surprised they haven't come up on my research to being a one-hit wonder or not. Oh, I, I think the reason that that song was, that was a like, big song was two years big. Like yeah. that didn't go away for a long time. But they had a couple of songs early because I'm, I'm I'm thinking about like just that that genre of that you know early 2000s where they were trying to do the hip hop rock hybrid. Yeah. You know, Linkin Park came on and they were massive and then Incubus comes on and not quite as massive but still really good. Yeah. And and I think you know when you talk about some of these bands where you start getting towards the one hit wonder piece is the mm. um the trickle down effect. Yes. Which we kind of get because as you just mentioned, right? You start with Britney Spears and you start with in with uh, Backstreet Boys and then you get Christina Aguilera in and then in sync. And then you get Jessica Simpson and then you get 98 degrees and then you know down it just the line gets more and more great value <laughs> yeah as you go down yeah and then down the line you get um i actually just thought of one as i was talking about this down the line you get um um dream from like the the woman's side of the, yeah exactly the fact that you're shaking your head you don't even know what i'm talking <laughs> I, about I, 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 I and, thought you were going to go like Bewitched. Or, or O-Town, right? O-Town. You start to get to the law of diminishing O-Town. returns, you know what, right? We, got, we have a talk, though. It's because O-Town to me, and I'm sorry, I don't want to jump in there, yeah. but O-Town to me seems like somebody wrote a song, because before Backstreet Boys, we had Boys to Men, which mm-hmm. are fucking, I don't care, you could be like, you could have a knife to my throat, and they say, say something bad about Boys to Men. I'm cutting. I'm just, like, just, just <laughs> cut me. Just fucking cut me. Because that's iconic there, shit. There is an entire generation of listeners to this podcast who are born because of Boys to Men. Yes. You ain't lying. I have seriously <clears throat> bought like a vest and shirt combo because I'm like, oh, that's some Boys to Men shit. Yeah. But regardless of the fact that it's like 20 years after Boys right. to Men's heyday, I fucking needed it in my life. Uh, I thought O Town. Because you had Boys to Men, and then, like we said, it's going down, you had All for One, right? and all that shit. And I thought, O-Town, someone wrote a song that would have fit those fucking groups. But when they saw that that was waning, they put that shit on the peg. And then when Backstreet Boys came out, they're like, I got something. Right. All or Nothing. Which is a song that would have worked, like, nine years ahead of time. If Boys to Men would have done it, that would have been, like, the fucking song. Everyone was like, oh my god. All or Nothing. But the fact that it was O-Town... Like S Club Seven level kind of a fucking band, right? Yeah, yeah. that's that's my conspiracy theory. Some somebody in 1993 wrote All or Nothing and to put that shit in a notebook <laughs> on a shelf and said one day, one day. So the the band that I will go ahead and throw out there that I'm unbelievably surprised was a one hit wonder because I've actually like I've seen archival footage of their mm-hmm. concerts. And their music fucking slaps. It slapped then. It slaps now. It's going to slap always. It was a band out of Erie, PA called The Wonders. <gasps> mm, you son of a bitch. Mm, that thing you do. That thing you do. Uh, and they just said that's eerie. the only song they have. But then you go watch the footage of like the Iowa State Fair. Oh, yeah. And their other songs are fucking great. Dance with me. You can't sit there and tell me, come on, pretty baby. Come on and let it go. So we, uh, one day, we are going to absolutely have to do a podcast on that movie. Yeah. Because, A, it's a fucking incredible movie. And it, ha- and it, it, it has no business slapping as hard as it fucking does. But it does. But you, uh, I will save it. It's the rare thing I'll save for, the, for a future podcast. Uh, that my wife 
uh, was mentored by someone who co-wrote that soundtrack. No shit. No, absolutely true. Really? Absolutely That's true. That's really cool. So That's really cool. That, to, to that idea of that, and she absolutely has to be on it because that's one, when we met, one of the reasons that we connected is because what's one of your favorite movies? Uh, that thing you do. She's like, oh my God, that's that thing you do. And that became one of those things that for one whole soundtrack, you know, uh, in the 90s, my mom had this big red fucking minivan that all of us would pile into, and we drove to Virginia Beach. And the only thing that we listened to was that fucking soundtrack <laughs> on fucking repeat. Because spoiler alert, as we'll find out in a future episode where she comes on, Jackie listens to one song for fucking ever. <laughs> for fucking ever. You're like, who's the one person? Oh, this song has 305 million downloads. Jackie encompasses 70% of the 305. <laughs> just playing it over. And that was the That Thing You Knew soundtrack. So I have to talk about it, but that's a great call. Technically, a one-hit wonder, which is so ironic because the movie's about a band. That's a one-hit wonder. Yes. Absolutely. So I was thinking, and I did, I had, I, you kind of put me on the spot with that question, which was a great question. And you were doing your research. And I was like thinking to myself, well, who... It, it, there are more bands that I can remember not liking, and then like they just go away, right? Yeah. Then the ones that like kind of just keep going. I don't know yeah. if that makes any sense for mm -hmm. me. I can. I, I, it's more memorable to me when they just disappear for yeah. some reason. However, there is one artist that I fucking hated, oh, and I was like, this motherfucker. I'm pulling my I'm pulling my nips out for this one. Yeah. Coming. Yeah. Welcome to Jurassic uh, Park. Yeah. Mm. So. And he just, for reasons beyond my comprehension, has just not... I mean, he's kind of gone now, but he was around for a long fucking time. Way longer than I felt he had any business being in the music industry. Fucking Nelly. Ah! Oh. Look, his shit's catchy. I'm not allowed to say it's not catchy, but fuck his music. Yeah. I just never dug it. Never dug it. I didn't, I, I, like his, I didn't like his style. I didn't like his fucking voice. It's like <laughs> one song he did I dug a little bit. Which and one? That was... Um, uh, number one. Oh, okay. That's a good jam. I mean, there, uh, for me, it's Pimp Juice, just because... <laughs> it's Pimp Juice? It's Pimp Juice because Drew, uh, who would say he's like... Uh, uh, and, and being honest, Drew is the... Quint and during our, our, our fledgling independent wrestling career, Drew is the quintessential baby face. All right? And no matter how much how in real life he is a... <laughs> he's a fucking heel. Heel piece of shit. And you know who you fucking are and what you're doing. But... When around a group of people, for some strange reason, Drew is extremely likable. And I was yeah, like, I've never got that. No. And I was like, if you could be a heel, if you could be a heel, what song would you pick? And this is years after Nelly's heyday. He's like, I picked Pimp Juice by Nelly. And so I put it on. I'm like, I see it. I see yeah. it. I would scream terrible things at Drew if that song was on. But that's it. That Was he on the Bad Boys 2 soundtrack, too? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. He was. I, he gets a pass for anything that was on that because that movie's fucking incredible. And I don't. Bad Boys Two. Well, Bad Boys Two is not that good. No, dude. That movie. The first one is infinitely superior in every there, single way. First of all, every single way, and you know it. Yeah, I mean, sure, but I fucking I, I'm so loved, allowed to love Bad Boys Two. You can love it and be yeah. wrong. And so let me say, the original star. First of all, fuck you. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever told you fuck you on this show before. I say it to Peru. I think, I think it's a first. I think, yeah. And I'll say this again because, and I have to be real, because the thing I draw the line at is bad boys. Too. This, this clearly is where it's the friendship is going to start to fuck to you. Veer. You know, it's, uh, let me just let me let me just cover my grounds here. Bad boys too. Fuck you. The Golden Globes. Fuck you. Okay. <laughs> I'm covering well, everybody here. We're never getting All invited right. to present on that show. No, no. I'm not getting invited to a lot of shit. I heard the, <laughs> the basket's very nice there. I'm allowed to say that even though Empire and Jedi are 
way better than the original Star Wars. I can still say I like the original Star Wars. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. I will I, agree with you on Empire, not Jedi. You, you don't like Jedi? I like Jedi, but I don't think it's superior to New Hope. Mm, that is going to alienate an entire 0% of our audience because nobody listens to this. But Jesus Christ. <laughs> we got, we, listen, I wanted to say we have at least right now, if I. There's Three or four listeners that I know personally who've listened to almost everything we've There's done so heat. far. There's like an average amount of people, which I don't want to say the number because I don't want to jinx it, that have consecutively been listening to every yeah. single episode within the first week. So thank you. And if you guys are the kind of people that feel that Star Wars A New Hope is in fact superior to Jedi, <laughs> uh, fuck you. <laughs> as well as give respect to Bad Boys too. And you know, while we're at it, oh, here we go. Fucking Super Mario Brothers movie is oh fucking my. better oh, than you on. think it no, is. No, it's not. It's fucking and terrible. I'm not gonna fucking sit here and say that it's a good fucking movie. It's a terrible film. It's, it's not a good movie. Horrible. But it's better than you think it is. No. And you know what? And while we're at it, okay, let me what just... Did, what did Dennis fu- Hopper do that he had to fucking do that movie as you, King Koopa know, and lot, he's not a fucking uh, dragon A lot of cocaine and you owe money to people. Okay? Until you've been until you've loved and lost the way that Dennis Hopper <laughs> you don't fucking get to come. And while we're at it, yeah. let's just say the Hobbit trilogy was shit. And don't come for Rise of Skywalker because that was decent. But La- the Last Jedi was also fucking better than either of those movies in that trilogy. Okay. So the Rise of Skywalker being Return of the Jedi Part Two, Jedi not as hard because it actually sucks dick. Get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> Get the fuck out of my house. The, yeah, only, the only Rise of Skywalker I got was when I got on my fucking seat to leave and Listen, turn the credits. I, I have been risen from Rise of Skywalker for the entire time, if only for the fucking soundtrack. Listen, it's listen, a series listen, of movies about listen, space wizards listen, that fight with laser listen, swords. Why are you fucking putting so much into this for? Listen, if you're going to have a fucking movie that has a climax in which... I'm all the Jedi and I'm all the Sith. And you're not going to fucking show me a shot of all the fucking Jedi behind Rey to like back her shit up in the middle Mm -hmm. of the Sith fucking temple of fucking Tootsie Roll turds that are bumping up and down that nobody can fucking see for any reason. I have no idea what those were. I have no No, idea what those were. No one does. But you're just going to sit there. Okay, we're going to do voiceovers because we don't want to pay their rates because this movie is already $250 million, but we don't want to make it $275. Show me the fucking Jedi and then maybe my dick would get a little bit hard in that fucking movie Mm -hmm. instead of basically watching Return of the Jedi Part 2, but not as fucking good. Okay. Very few things are going to be as good as the original Return of the Jedi. Let's get this thing, including A New Hope, which is less good than, the, than a fucking Return of the Jedi. But let me just, let me just, I know we're ta- supposed to be talking about whatever the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> we officially hijacked this, this, this fucking episode. This got it's off done. the rip. Who gives a shit about what it was at this point? <laughs> I, fucking say, I had to fucking deal with decades a motherfucker saying they'll never make a prequel they'll never make a sequel and i had to fucking sit there and watch attack of the fucking clones okay i had to sit there and fucking verbally and physically deal with that shit so i don't care rise of skywalker could have been palpatine opens up the scroll comes up and says palpatine as he returns somehow and then it's just a fucking poop emoji fucking (laughs) scrolling up through the top and then it opens up and daisy ridley is sitting there face focused on there and starts squeezing one out we don't see it we just hear it plop and at that point it's still fucking better than attack of the clones so if i had to deal with that yeah i'm fucking stoked 
I'm not listening. You know what? <clears throat> when we get to a... St- it's interesting. Uh, one of our listeners... Uh, one of them. Yeah. Well, I was talking no, to... The one that's left now. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, sorry. Well, one Wonders, of, like one-hit also- wonders, and now we're just talking about well, Jedi? Well, th- 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 so I keep this... I put the idea out there, right? Like, So he and I were talking about the different episodes and he was like man i can't wait for you guys to cover like star wars and i'm like yeah <laughs> he's like it's and i was like i guess it is a little weird that we haven't really even broached the idea of it i'm like it's gonna have to be something very special and he would very much like to be a guest on it because he's probably the biggest star wars fan i think i know mm-hmm. uh and more importantly when we record this it's gonna be something else because friendships might end yeah, Have a look at the two of you motherfuckers. Listen, we've been we, through some we've shit. already fucking survived that fight. <laughs> we've been through some stuff. Okay. Absolutely. And, and we came up on that on the other side. <laughs> we did. Stronger. Like, fucking, uh, and for the listener to give a short version of it, episode three wasn't out yet. And I'll, Mac and my friendship was taken to the fucking brink. To the brink. <laughs> to the brink. But we came back from that. That's okay? right. So there's nothing that anyone else is going to throw at it. But I would say one thing. If we do Star Wars thing, I would insist on one fucking thing. I want 10 minutes to rant about Star Wars Episode One: Racer, the game. <laughs> because I fucking love that game so much. I just got it. Really? I did. Yeah, on what system? I, on uh, N64. So good, dude. I, uh, I got my, uh, my girlfriend's brother, whether he knows it or not, gave up his Nintendo 64 <laughs> and all this game. So, you have uh, been appropriate. Listen, listen Jim, um, your mom gave it to me because she said you didn't want it. I don't know if you did or didn't, mm. but it's at the house. So, uh, But there was Podracer. There was Bounty Hunter. Oh, okay. And there was uh, Shadows of the Empire. Oh, Shadows, uh, Shadows so, of the Empire. So we know he has good taste in games, yeah, right? Yeah, Ben Hawk. Yeah. Yep. So, um, but that is that is now at my house. So, and that's a great game. Enjoy your love. I will. That is going to be so Thank good. It's, it's one of the, there's only a few games in my life that I've ever bought multiple times across multiple systems. And Episode 1 Racer is one of them. I have it for the 64. I bought it for the Dreamcast. I have it for the Nintendo Switch. And I have it for the Xbox One. And I know... Yeah, it's a shitty racing game, but it's my fucking yeah. <laughs> shitty racing game. I don't like that game at all. You know what, Doc? I just don't. I, you know, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. Good. Because you're already going to say it. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> you come from episode one. You come in my house. And not like Pod Racer. Bad Boys 2. Oh, yeah. Fuck that movie. <laughs> no, say fuck that movie. Fuck that, that movie. Fuck that movie. That was not, not, a, was not I funny. I can't even put words. <laughs> you know what? I don't know what we were, this episode was on originally. One hit wonders, one hit wonders. you fuck. One hit wonders. <laughs> yeah. You know what's not a one hit wonders? The fucking Bad Boy series, because Bad Boy Two was badass. Okay, it was okay. It, it didn't suck. It was not as bad suck. as Bad Boys. I enjoyed three. it. Thank you. I enjoyed Thank it. You. I didn't dig the the story. The subplots were weak as shit. Well, yeah. Oh no. But, wait, 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 but listen, but listen. Yeah, I said subplots in no. a Bad Boys film. Yes. <laughs> You're talking about Michael Bay when he was given leash. To Michael Bay, you know? it's the so, only Michael Bay I'll tolerate is the Bad Boys. Movie. But but you do you do see the law of diminishing returns from Bad Boys One to ultimately Bad Boys Two, which is around the time Armageddon hit in, and then everything else just went on a steep fucking decline from yeah, there. Right? The last movie I saw in the theater before COVID hit, Bad, was Boys, Bad 3. Boys Three. Nice. We got. I we did damage to a Buffalo Wild Wings. Oh, before yeah, we Bad did. Boys. We did. We got see. I felt bad for the waitress in the <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings. Oh. We went to there, and I went to the Dude, snack bar at the rest. At the, at the same, I was like, "You guys got beer?" I was, I was, I was keeping a party going. Mm. I've seen Bad Boys Two once. 
And I was like, never gonna watch this shit again. Wow. Gabrielle Union, though. Yeah. Well, Gabrielle I've seen her in other movies in where she's better in them. No, it doesn't but matter. But more importantly, look, Bad Boys 1 is so good. It's so good. It's so good. It's so fucking it's good. So good. That, like, it's so fucking yeah. good. The second one just didn't even reach the levels of comedy of relatively believable oh, come action. On. You know what? You know what I'm gonna do when yeah, we put this do? episode out? I'm gonna put a one hit wonder slash bad boys <laughs> two. <laughs> well, so you know, if you look at Bad Boys Two, Bad Boys One was a commercial and critical success. It was huge. So there were oh. but there were no expectations when that movie came out. Will no. Smith was not Will Smith yet. No, no he was barely Will Smith. He was he was he was in terms of being a lead actor in in action movies or anything, which of course was the thing of the time yeah. during the early to mid nineties, late eighties, early nineties, ninety seven. You know, who's going to be the next Arnold Schwarzenegger or Sylvester Stallone, Bruce Willis? You know, where are we move in that direction? Um, that movie was, I mean, at least from my perspective, had relative obscurity, but Bad Boys Two did not. So you know, you don't know, release. you do not know what kind of hands were in that movie that could have shaped it to be the way that it was. Yeah. So, um, I, I got. I just got to add into that that you didn't say the comedy there is, but that scene where Will Smith and Martin Lawrence intimidate Martin Lawrence's daughter's boyfriend mm-hmm. at the door is fucking amazing. That's like, funny. It's amazing. And here's the thing, though, too. I think, and I would not be remit, and it's just my perspective on it. Yeah. When Bad Boys One came out, Martin Lawrence was the bigger star than Will Smith. Oh yeah. 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 And like how fucking quick that turned. Going into the end of that decade. Independence Day happened. Mm, well, Independence Day was a year before. Still. Still, yeah. And he, what did, Wild Wild West. I we don't talk about that bullshit. No, but I'm saying, no. but still, shitty movie. And I do love Kevin Klein, But I mean, that just, it, no matter how shitty it was, it made money. It made a whole lot of money. Mm. And, and it was, isn't it the last time Drew Hill ever was together? Was in that song. And Probably. They were, one Hit Wonders. They were, were they on the list of One Hit Wonders? But the lead singer for Drew but Hill. Cisco, however. Cisco is. Which, and let's bring it back. Which, we hope you've enjoyed our, <laughs> our sub-episode on Bad Boys 2. We'll Star like Wars Bad Boys. fired up and, about it now. And, and, and now on to something completely different. How long? <laughs> so in the number... Necessarily. If you, if you joined us for the last episode, I, I brought up the idea of having a Family Feud-style board up on the wall when we were recording... And every single time in this episode where Noah has gotten a running start and ran towards her and just went, fuck you. <laughs> I feel like I heard ding and just right up there, fuck you. <laughs> I'm going to mouth the TV up. right here where we record. <laughs> so I guess let's kind of reel it in. Yeah. We went off you reel it in. <laughs> I, I exist on the fucking fringe of this shit. I feel like in a way I'm always thinking about both. Star Wars and Bad Boys 2. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I didn't realize that that was such a trigger point for me. We but, know now. And we know now. I feel like I'm going to tell strangers that. <laughs> Hi, my name is Noah. By the way, Bad Boys 2 is fucking good. If you don't think so, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> but let's kind of wrap up One Hit Wonders here. With a quick question. Wait, hold on. Wait, now we haven't up. really got, even talked about it. We haven't talked about it yet. By wrapping up, it's still going to be like 45 fucking minutes. <laughs> like, I haven't gone through any of my picks. But what I'm going to say is I'm going to yeah. toss it over to you guys. We're saying, what's some iconic one-hit wonders? Well, now, so here's the thing, right? Originally, I'd like the subject. This is going to be a little tricky to kind of go through and figure out how we're really going to talk about it. We've done a good job so far. But since yeah. you've given the actual definition 
Mm-hmm. Well, that because I don't fucking know if half of these songs are actually one hit wonders. Who gives a shit? <laughs> that was an hour ago. The five people who listened. <laughs> that was an hour ago. It was, that was before it was. I looked dead in Think, your eyes. Things are completely. Told you, fuck you for the first time ever. He's, because I'm bad he's still. It's it's been it's been a <laughs> week. Just bring it right back up again, man. Twenty years of friendship, and now it's all over. Fucking bad you. It, it's over a Martin Lawrence movie before. It's, it started with the second channel and it's ending with oh, Mark, don't get with, started it, on ends that with it ends that, with bad boys that was too. strike two i That's, can't believe you wouldn't fuck the second <laughs> it wanted you you swear and <laughs> <laughs> <said> no <laughs> uh, all you uh, had to uh, do was come inside the second channel and it would still be around the day. And you didn't. Okay. Oh. <laughs> That's it. That's all he had to do. Just, just come in at once. One time. That's all it would have needed. What could pop? What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> could you imagine? Returning that adapter to TCO. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I can explain. <laughs> I have my receipt. <laughs> Oh, uh, back to one hit wonders. Back to one hit wonders. <laughs> As you were saying, <laughs> and I've been shamed. <laughs> um, here's just some songs that I just kind of, you know, came across, and This is quality audio. This is great. This is great content. Uh, 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 Okay. It's it's gonna be a two-hour episode. (laughs) An hour and thirty minutes is just us fucking laughing at each other. Okay, listen. Listen, we gotta get our shit together here. Yeah, we can we can get it back. So, yai man. <laughs> okay, I'm trying. So, uh, you brought up trapped, but man, headstrong Fuck is trapped. A, yeah, is a fucking one hit wonder if I've ever fucking heard oh one my in my God. life. Because you know what? I don't know anything they've ever done after that. I don't want to know. I own the I CD. I bought trapped. this fucking they, CD. But they got. Did, did you really? <laughs> uh, yeah. They got. They got a solid like two years of touring though. Out of that one fucking song, because it was a jam, and and I got and I want to say just kind of bringing it back to the one hit wonder thing, is is you know I I've often said to people I wish I was a one hit wonder, like yeah. I wish that there was like one song you know I I always think about this from I have some friends who who are very serious actors, and you know they they take their craft very seriously as as you know everybody does who who wants to to make it in that in that world. 
And they're like, oh, I don't, I don't want to be known for one thing. And I'm like, why the fuck wouldn't you want to be known for no. one thing? Like, isn't it not, like, isn't it better to be known for one thing than never to be known for anything? Yeah. And, 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 and that one thing can, can sustain you. Mm-hmm. You know, throughout your entire life, if you if you really play it right, it doesn't mean it has to be the only thing. No, but but you know that that just the ability to have that one, just you know, because most people are never known for one thing. No, so so whether it's a song, you you will be able that song can show up in commercials twenty years oh, later. You could be on reunion, like oh, I love the two thousands tour, and then you got a fucking job for a summer where you're playing for crowds of six hundred people at like an outdoor <laughs> oh, pavilion in a rural Somebody community. Somebody to this day still pays to see the Baja Men. Yes, live for some reason somebody does yeah yeah. because they got shit you're right and every time you come up with a one hit wonder there's a 20% chance that when Mazda comes out with a new song a a car your commercial will contain your song I mean it's it's what it's true so how about this I have an idea please hit it it says trapped fuck trapped five I said I'd do eight so here's my idea actually what we should do we go around drop a one hit wonder we kind of as opposed to me going through like six or so then you know we could just kind of let's do it Mac so, I did a lot when we, when we asked me to be on the show here to to talk about one hit wonders. Please, um, I my mind couldn't really focus on on what exactly I really wanted to talk about because for me, one hit wonders can be in a number of different categories, right? So, and, and they're all I think they're all technically one hit wonders, but it's like okay, so there are the common one hit wonders that you kind of hear all over the place. Then there are the one hit wonders that you fucking love. Like, they're your one-hit wonders. There is? They're jams, okay. right? Okay. And then there are the one-hit wonders that you fucking hate. Yeah. That just every time you fucking hear the first three notes of that song, whether on the radio or, or anything you're listening to, Spotify, you know, Pandora, satellite radio, whatever, and you're just, you can't fucking hit the button fast enough to get to another song, nope. right? So, you know, I have, I have a number of different thoughts on exactly how to kind of talk about those one-hit wonders. But uh, I'll just go ahead and start with, like, a general one-hit wonder that um, kind of going back to the beginning about how the fuck was this ever a one-hit wonder? How and is this it was, a thing? How is this a thing? And it was mentioned in the intro, and we've said it a few times, but I'm going to talk about uh, Chumbawamba's uh, Tub Thumping. There it is. Right? There it that is. That song, yep. fucking song. I, I have such... Because with a lot of these songs, too... I thought too, the music mattered. I have such strong memories about when I thought, what the fuck is up with this song? Mm-hmm. When when I heard it, and you know, I was a freshman in high school, and I was uh, I was uh, fortunate enough to play on the varsity hockey team as a as a freshman. Weird flex, but okay, a little bit. But here's the reason why I say this: is that you know, uh, at the beginning of the season, everybody got to pick a song to warm up to. Oh, that's cool. And you know, you would pick your you know, Welcome to the Jungle, right? Guns yeah, and Roses, standard. Thunderstruck, ACDC, which uh, kind of which kind of really became God. our our warm up song for yeah. for most of of, so of my D- time so playing. So WDVE right? in Pittsburgh, yeah. and then there was one game on a Saturday afternoon at six p.m. when we were playing some team from out of town, and somebody said, "I want to play fucking Chumbawamba's Tub Thumping." <laughs> <laughs> and and we're just sitting there and I'm just on the ice and you know you're you're getting limber and everything you're stretching and I get knocked down but I get up again I'm like the fuck am I supposed to do with this song right now you're not getting fired how up. am I supposed to you're like just getting angry at life I'm like just like I'm just I'm, I'm just indifferent I feel like you're just sitting there thinking about pissing the night away <laughs> I'm just I'm like I'm like the other team is sitting over there just like the 
fuck's up with these guys? You know, it, it, and, and that song, and it's such a memory because it was the first, last, and only time we ever warmed up to that song. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody had the same idea. It's like, you know what? Uh, let's not pick this one next time or ever again. <laughs> um, but like that song, 1997, 1998, I think is right around when that was. Uh, 97, I think, is right around the time it came out or so. Um, I, have a, I have a note here. Nice. Uh, it is 1997. Yes. Um, <clears throat> that song just, like, sits so hard with me. Um, and and that was just one of the songs, like, and it's still big. You still oh, yeah. go to sporting events or you still go to, you know, I mean, God forbid they play at weddings. But... <laughs> You know, occasionally on certain radio channels, they'll they'll oh, play it. You know, it'll show up on like a, to, a, a top yeah. forty for moms kind right. of station. It yeah. is for moms, but but this is also so like there's another thing about and and this will probably be something maybe you guys think about when we talk about this. But I think one hit wonders have a cycle to themselves. Yeah, in which a life of their own. <clears throat> well, because when you hear the song at first, you're like, "Fuck, this song's it hits not bad. It it hits. It's." I'm enjoying this song. Mm-hmm. And then it gets to the level of overplay where it's like, oh, fuck, they're playing this song again. Like, I don't want to listen to this. And then maybe gradually after enough time, mm-hmm. it comes back and, and you're like, like oh, you know what? Yeah. I'm gonna, that reminds me of that time in place. Yeah, yeah, right. And and I think certain one-hit wonders have that kind of cycle to it in which you you really enjoy it, and then maybe the entire time of the one-hit wonder, you fucking love that song. It never hits, I'm sick of it, and then I'm cool with it you again. You never get over it. Or it just stops at stage two. It's like, oh, this is great, and oh, fuck this song, and everyone to listen to it again. Um, but yeah, that, like, tum- like uh, you know, uh, Chumbawamba's Tub Thumping was that kind of yeah, song for one. me, is that, you know, if I hear it now, I'm not, like, I don't want to just swerve the car in- off the side of the road <laughs> into a tree. <laughs> Um, but you know, I'll, I'll maybe turn the volume down a little bit and just kind of just, you know, mindlessly drive the three and a half minutes while the song's on. But yeah, that's one of them. Smart. Uh, just to kind of add into the tub thumping thing. So, uh, the late nineties was a particularly special time for my mom, because as I mentioned earlier, she listens to songs on complete, another repeat. We were, uh, she heard that somewhere on her journey. That day, and she picked me up, and she took me to Borders Books, where they had the music listening stations in Borders, mm-hmm. and she, we went around until she found what song it was, and started describing it to the pe- poor, those poor bastards at Borders, having to deal with my mom, and then she found out which one was Tub Thumping by Chumbawamba, and she listened to that song for fucking weeks, <laughs> on end, without that fucking song, and what I relate to that is, we're going down Green Tree Road, and uh, she fucking. There used to be a chain of restaurants called the Ground Round. Oh, the Ground oh, Round. I fucking love and the Ground she, Round. And like, she listened to, to that song like five times between our house and the Ground Round, but you couldn't get out of the car until that last play finished. Then you went to the ground round. And they played it there. They played it there because she went right to the jukebox. And then I was like, Mom, can I go to Blockbuster? She said, yeah. And so she took me to Blockbuster, but I couldn't get out of the Blockbuster, (laughs) which was 30 seconds away until she fucking listened to Tub Thumping again. So, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's iconically, I have to give you on that. That is uh, a huge song. So, to me, though, also, I have to give a a top one-hit wonder. Mbop. Mm. And now here's the thing. I mean, it is, and it's a complicated <clears throat> issue because Hanson 
today, in 2021, as we find out, is a very talented group of musicians that are very good. But that one fucking song <laughs> will haunt them for the rest of their lives yeah. to where if someone's like, oh, did you hear the new Hanson? I'm like, no. And I've listened to it. But if someone's like, I just says like, oh, did you hear? If I say to them, did you hear the Hanson? You're like, you mean the people who do umbop? I'm like, yeah, because that song will haunt you. I was, you know, like elevator music for yeah. years. You still go to the grocery store. There's a 20% chance when you're reaching in for frozen broccoli florets, the umbop will yeah. come on. That or Hotel California. And yeah. you shut the thing and you put it in there. So I'd say iconic one hit wonders. You got to go umbop. And see, I, when I was doing my research on this, I intentionally avoided talking about Hanson's Mbop because of just what you said. <clears throat> As they have grown up and have become adults. Full on adults. Full on adults at this the stage. The youngest members like our age. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Their, their music and some of their songs in particular that I've heard are really fucking good. Incredible. And I was very surprised that it would be considered that they were just a one hit wonder, that mm -hmm. one of those other songs didn't just, again, Crack the top four. One of the many other songs you heard. Yeah. yeah. Um, which I intentionally left them off my list for that reason, because they they are talented musicians, and uh, a lot of their stuff that I've heard recently, I, I enjoy. So That's really good. Doc. Tipsy. Uh, Everybody in the club. Man, that jam was everywhere. everywhere. It and, was. And dude, <clears throat> I don't know if I've ever heard from Jaquan ever again. I, I don't know if Jaquan's family did. Can I be real? Be real. I've never known who did that song <laughs> until right now. Well, it was Jaquan. There it is. <laughs> and there I, it is. That, and actually, and the, the best part about this subject, as uneasy as I was about it, because I wasn't sure how how we would do it, the best part was just going through through Spotify and adding these songs, and just listening to other playlists with. Because I mean, you just literally go to Spotify and go, you know, one hundred wonders, 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 and, and like a thousand countless playlists. playlists come up. I'm like, all right, let me check these out. So many jams i forgot about like that one i'm like yeah. fuck this is going on one of my regular playlists boom yeah. already there, happened there right? was there was nigh a club that i would go to in our club days where people were not in the club to getting get tipsy, tipsy. Uh, they were yeah. all there for it and uh you know that that song was a was a part of the pittsburgh playlist you know i mean and 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 if you've if you're in pittsburgh if you've ever gone to a bar in pittsburgh or a club in pittsburgh there is the pittsburgh playlist where there's oh, yeah. just a dozen songs that no matter it's where literally you go, only twelve songs. It's it's you know it's Journey, Don't Stop Believing. It's Ugh. you know it's Bon Jovi, Living, on, Living a on a Prayer. You know, and Tipsy is on that fucking playlist, and just you know you don't. And there's a song on my list that I'll talk about about a one hit wonder that I fucking hate that was played at every Pittsburgh bar and every Pittsburgh club. Tell us so, right now. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> Oh, now that's the sound <laughs> of an actual note. It's not a notebook. It's not me on my phone with my digital notes. It's a single, <laughs> single note. Actual, page. It is an actual page. Uh, and that's because my cell phone is a piece of shit and uh, holds a charge for approximately 17 minutes. So well, I couldn't really do that. All right. No, so. uh, Semisonics Closing Time. Uh, oh, that song. 1996. I because do know I can't believe that song is as early as 1996. Right. Because we still hear it today. Yeah. yeah. Because every single time you're leaving someplace at the end of the day, closing time. 
Shut the fuck up, cause this song is ending all the fun that I had. Right? <laughs> and that's how I feel about that song. It's like it's never played at a time that you're not leaving someplace where you just had a great fucking time with your family, your friends, and it's just a reminder that you're gonna have to go sit in traffic now for a couple fucking <laughs> yeah, hours. Three seventy six, and just fucking wait to get out of the parking lot. Sitting there, whining. Yep, yep. Uh, I can imagine this guy sitting there. He's like, he's sitting at the piano. And he's like, yeah, yeah, people are going to fucking hate me. Yeah. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's on the list as far as it's iconic, but for all the wrong reasons. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you uh, one of the positives I have. And okay. here's a one hit wonder. And I don't care. I don't fucking care. It's like the Super Mario Brothers to me. I don't care how fucking bad it is or how fucking early 90s it is. It's my fucking jam. And I'll rock it every time. The Proclaimers. 500 miles. Fucking love that song. Um, I don't care. Absolutely. I don't care. And it's like, it's like, how drunk am I? And how bad is my Scottish accent about to be? Because I fucking love that. Give me a bump. That's Absolutely. a fucking song, dude. I don't care. And to me, Benny and June, like, I relate that. Even though that movie came out like four years after that song, to me, that's that whole burby. Someone's wearing a jean jacket and someone's walking 500 miles. So I fucking love that song. What year did that song, song come out? That song was from like 1989, 1990. It was, it technically was late 80s. Late 80s. I thought it was, but, yeah, but, uh, but Benny and June was 92, 93, so it became a hit then. And then a hit later when the trailer for Benny and June came out, which hmm. was the thing that made Johnny Depp a star. That's right. Yep. Yeah, that song, I don't, I think, I, I know I've heard it in its entirety at least once or twice in my life, but you, it is definitely a one hit wonder. You, oh, yeah. You've probably heard it about a thousand times in your life. I don't count commercials. No, I'm not saying commercials. But you've probably it's it's one of those songs that if it's it's played in the background of everywhere you are, and subconsciously you're listening you're to absorbing, it, you're absorbing, you're absorbing the you're t- absorbing the lyrics of that song. Mm-hmm. Malone's, Malone's. Yeah, I have personally been in Malone's while it was still Malone's three or four times with you while that song played. Like I have distinctive memories of that. Yeah, it's just background. It just doesn't sound like anything else other than oh, you gonna get drunk now. Like, <laughs> It's, it's like on a Tuesday night when I've got shit to do around the house and making dinner. We're just kind of chilling. Doing things. I'm not paying attention to anything that's really going on on TV. <clears throat> but I'm going to put the Big Bang Theory on TBS because they're going to play fucking, you know, three hours of it. I'm not actively watching it, but it's just on in the background. You absorb it in your body. And that's what that song is. It's just one Smart. of those things that you've heard so... You've probably been walking through an amusement park and that song's just been fucking on while you're standing in line for like Millennium Force at Cedar Point or... The Phantom's Revenge at Kennywood, and you're not paying attention to it. It's just always ding, on. Dun, I believe ding, it. Ding, 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 ding. So I got one for you. Doc, hit okay. it. And this was like, and it's sad. It's like a sad one hit wonder to me because I feel oh. like that band could have done more. And maybe they are, maybe they do. It just isn't hitting like main stage. What? Sale from AWOL Nation. AWOL Nation. Interesting, interesting choice. Because that song was a fucking jam. They, for for me, like that that song hit, and the album was really good too. The whole first first album was really good. Now I know there's, I'm sure they're still around. I'm sure yeah, they're yes. still making music. It's one guy. I knew that. Now. I know that now. Yeah. So here's a fun thing. My wife, uh, the singer, there was a previous band years ago called Under the Influence of Giants, in which everyone in that band had a code name, and the lead singer's name was AWOL. And he left Under the Influence of Giants and formed AWOL Nation, which mm. was his solo project, in which Sale came over. She, and by she, pronouns pal, I mean my wife. That's pronouns pal. Um, pronouns pal. Uh, does not 
refuses to listen to AWOL Nation, though she loves under the influence of giants because she doesn't want him to be out on his own. So it's some sort of weird fucking mental kind of block. She won't listen to AWOL Nation because AWOL used to be in this band that she loves. She went and saw it at like Club Cafe in like a 50-person <laughs> settings, and now he's a megastar. She's like, I don't care. I don't care. I'm like, it's fucking good. It's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But have they put, I mean, has he put, a, has AWOL Nation I, yeah, a been like, like, I'm talking like, but like, he was, I, some movie soundtrack he had the, the last song. In. I can probably recommend four songs for you that titles I can't think of right now because I have an option of playlists on my phone that you should listen to. That's a wall nation. That is fucking awesome. Um, yeah, they may not see and, and, and that aren't I, on that first album that are not on that first album. Yes, no, with kill your um, a wall nation does a great job. And I didn't realize it was one person one either. Guy. But does a great job of of That's really. This guy. That's what he looks like. Yeah, I, yeah. Wow, that was not. I did yeah. not think blonde when yeah. I when I pictured bl- that. Blonde kind of yeah. No, bro. I thought black hair and, and you whatever. Seen, but you've never seen the sale video. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, you know what? Remi- uh, Blade Runner. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's shot okay. like Blade Runner with the lights and through it. Uh, right. Thing. Yeah. That's you. You, you get it. bottles um, in the window. Yeah, but uh, and and see, I in thinking about this, I did try to, I didn't really worry about bands from the 2010s. Yeah. Because I think there's still much of their story that could still be told. Same. At, at this point. Same. Uh, especially because of how music's evolved. You know, mm-hmm. you don't need an album, you just need a song. So, um, but there's some great AWOL Nation stuff. Some stuff you've probably heard in commercials, stuff for, like they use shit for the Olympics for, for AWOL Nation, some of his stuff. So, um, but, but some really, some really great things there. So I'll, I'll go ahead and say one that, um, that I think fucking is, is it's a song from our high school days mm-hmm. and it, it's a great high school song. And I'm really surprised this band didn't have another major hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is going to be, um, the Verve, Bittersweet Symphony. That's all, uh, that was going to be my next one because that's like yeah. to me the quintessential. I thought that's what you were. Order. I thought that's what you were going to say when before you mentioned AWOL Nation because I was like, well, I'm not going to have to just talk about that. That fucking song when when the when the strings hit, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's so strong all the way through, right? And I just can't believe that band. And I don't. I can honestly tell you, I don't know another song. That not the a Verve single one. Put out. Why would you? Right. All you need matter. to know is Bittersweet Symphony. That's right. all you need to There's know. There's a lot of those songs you're like, oh, A1 Nation did a bunch of good songs, or this band did a bunch of good songs. Who the fuck cares what else The Verve did? Right. They did Bittersweet Symphony. That's the song that you like. You can, like, uh, when you when you get done recording that album, you just go home. You Like Mr. Rogers, you take your shoes off, <laughs> you hang your sweater up on there, you bang the wife, and then you just never leave your house again because you did everything you need to do. That's the If that's the only song you're ever going to be known for, that's a fucking great song to be known for and like yeah. i'd be proud of that like as a music even as a musician like you know if that's the only one that ever fucking hits i'm i'm happy that's, that's the it. one that's because yeah, that's that song, such a good album and, and, and the song, song is timeless too like that oh, yeah. song just fucking plays all the time our children great. one day will be like dad can i play you this song <laughs> and it's gonna be fucking bittersweet symphony <laughs> like, i'm like <laughs> sit the fuck down why well, tell you about something called fye or is that like to say Fye! See, That's I thought you were gonna get fucking over. I swear <laughs> to God, I, I thought you were gonna say it was Drew who's gonna say, "Dude, there's a song I can oh play for you." Swear to God, swear to God, swear to God. So I'm get, I'm gonna wrap up my end of this here for a second. I'm gonna drop two for you. One, so we are way earlier, like seven days ago, way before the the bad boys inning, 
as we like to say, uh, happened. I asked you guys what the most commercially successful one-hit wonder of all time was. We mm-hmm. talked about the Macarena. Do you know what the second most successfully commercial... Uh, Make a guess. Yeah. Mambo number five. Nope. I gave it a shot. I want to... So, I have a, I have a, a cookie um, jar at my house that is a dog. Uh-huh. And every time you fucking open the, the head of the dog to get to the cookie jar, it just starts going, Who let the dogs out? No, but my toddler recently discovered that song to where she just starts shouting out now, <laughs> and I feel like like instinct. I hate it. I hate it. But instinct, she's just like, "Who let the dogs?" I go, "Who, who, who, who?" Like, well, you gotta bark. Yeah. yeah, yeah. "Tainted Love" by Soft Cell is the second yeah, really? most successful one-hit wonder of all time, and that's a fucking cover. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. And it's a cover song. And it's the second most successful one-hit wonder of all time. Who who did it originally? I have no fucking clue. <laughs> I don't give a shit because we only ever talk about Soft Cell's version of it. Yeah. So the uh, and I, I brought that up and then my list decided to lock itself. That I had only one last song to bring up to everybody. Uh, and we talked about some iconic stuff like Tainted Love and Closing Time. Mm, bop and Tub Thumping. <sighs> Hold on. What? By the way, it was actually Tainted Love is a song composed by Ed Cobb, formerly of the American group The Four Preps, which was originally recorded by Gloria Jones in 1964. Oh, 1964? 1964. Oh, if you don't believe that, I'm going to listen to that uh, that version of yeah. that song that's over 50 years now, old. I'm really now. curious. As, as you say that, Jones, I actually think that's a song, that I, a version of that I think I have heard before. Yeah. And just thought it was the, like somebody was covering it now. Not that it might have been the original version of it from 1964. And now I'm, uh, that's, first of all, I'm absolutely going to listen to it. And here's a person that was a one hit wonder. And I kind of tucked this bad boy back in my pocket here for the last thing I'm going to mention. That is technically, as a solo artist, a one hit wonder. As a one hit wonder jam to mention that you can't help but mention. And that is John Lennon. Imagine. John mm. Lennon had many number one hits as a Beatle, but right. as himself, <laughs> only one. So if you talk about, it's one of those songs that's almost, and a person in a song that's almost untouchable to a certain extent. You know, imagine from John Lennon, you can't, you can't, we were talking one hit wonders. Technically, that's his one solo hit that Paul McCartney, because every song, even if they didn't write it, uh, even if, Paul had nothing to do with it. Every song was listed as Lennon McCartney. Right. And vice versa. But when they went solo, his only hmm. top 40 hit was Imagine. So you got to give it that whole little, there's your catch 22. Ah, what a what a fun, fun expedition. Do you guys have any more you want to talk about, you want to yell about? I mean, I, I was just going to throw out a couple that I think are Drop really em. cool. We don't have to like go Sprinkle. The- uh, flagpole sitter. Ah, uh, Harvey Danger. Right now, flavor of the week. Ah, uh, I mean, shit, man. Remember Afro Puffs? Yes. Lady what, of Rage, man. We I, actually, about, uh, I actually saw, um, I saw him, them. I think it was more of a band, like in concert. Like I remember, there mm. were, they were. I want to say it was, <laughs> fucking, like, maybe it was like Lollapalooza. Like they could have been one of the opening acts on that show that was with uh, when Soundgarden, uh, when it was it was uh, I call it Rage Garden, 
Uh, it was when Audio, uh, Slave. Audio Slave was mm-hmm. uh, was headlining Lollapalooza, Jane's Addiction, and and uh, Perry Farrell and everything. But yeah, I think they're like Afro Man was like one of the first. Afro no, no, Man. Afro Puffs. Afro, Afro Puffs. Puffs. Oh shit! Not I'm Afro, Afro Man. Man. Oh my god! I was god, gonna say because I got high has got to be on that uh, list yeah. somewhere. No, uh, you remember that song? Rough and tough with my Afro Puffs. Oh, that's old. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. Uh, but, Afro yeah. Puff was 88, 89. God, that song's old as shit. Yeah. yeah. At least at least early 90s. Somewhere in that vicinity. Yeah, yeah. That was you a know, jam. Uh, God, so good. Mm-hmm. So good. I, I, now you make me think about Afro Man. Because <laughs> I got high. <laughs> yeah. No, I was thinking Afro Man there. First time I ever heard that song, I was in the drive-thru at a particular McDonald's that I know we have all visited on West Liberty Avenue. Mm. Uh, and now every time that song hits, I think of that McDonald's. And every time I go to that McDonald's, I think of that song. I don't really go to that McDonald's because I don't live near there anymore. But still, that is I was in that drive-thru when I heard Afro Man's Because I Got High. So, <sighs> so I have, um, I think... It, it's a pretty solid list of maybe Fire Moth, the, the 10 most recognizable one-hit wonders. Hit me. That is, it's it's a part of the cultural lexicon, I think. Uh, it doesn't go mm. away. Now, we did call, we did talk about a few of these. Uh, Macarena. Mm-hmm. I, had it, I had it number one here. Number one? With a bullet? Um, Number two, uh, we mentioned it, Mambo number five, mm-hmm. right? Lou, Ve- I, can Lou I Vega, Can I a quick story man. about that? Two seconds. Yeah. I was in high school, and I was in the video club at high school, and I had just discovered, like, that year, Led Zeppelin. Okay. And there was this girl, and we had a lot in common, and she said that her fantasy was to work for Saturday Night Live, for in a video club. And then that year progressed on, and I was really into Led Zeppelin, and she, and she was really into Lou Vega, or Lou Bega. <laughs> yeah, Lou Bega. And, uh, and, and she said to me, this phrase and I'll never fucking forget for the rest of my life. She's like, history will show that Lou Bega is better than Led Zeppelin. <laughs> that girl is an idiot. I, I'm never going to mention her name out loud because she has to know what the fuck she's done. <laughs> but I fucking remember that. I tell every person, every if I'm in the room where Lu- Zeppelin comes in or Lou Bega, I mention to somebody that that's the fucking, that somebody said that to me. Honestly, that that fucking <laughs> Lou Bega would outlast Led fucking Zeppelin. That that's that song represented the summer of 1999 for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was dating a girl at that time, and she fucking loved that song. And like every time that didn't. we would, every time that we would go out, you know, and that song came on the radio, she would turn it up and she would start dancing in the in the side seat and everything. And and that song is and and you know fuck her now. Um, but like that song was so ingrained in that relationship that mm-hmm. like, you know, and I don't know if you guys have those, we have relationships where songs oh, yeah. just represent oh, of people. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, but yeah, every time I hear that song, I'm like, well, well, fuck that because yeah. of Lou Bega and person. Mama number five. Yeah. Um, as we mentioned here, uh, the Baja men who let the dogs out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Shout out to my daughter who, <laughs> who's discovering that right now as if it was brand new, as if to her, it was the summer of 2000. <laughs> <laughs> She's discovered the video. And she's discovered that in the second Trolls movie, they do that in a medley, and she is fucking, she popped for that. She <laughs> yeah. marked out for that, because she knew the song before then, and then they hit that. She's jumping up and around. That's fantastic. So shout out to my that kid. That song resonated with people our age for about a week. Yeah. It resonated with our parents and our aunts and uncles and our grandparents at weddings to this day. They yeah. still. That song still has, has legs where that's concerned. Oh, yeah. Um, 
Right said Fred, I'm too sexy. Yeah. Right? That song mm. I Pizza Hut used to have DJ nights on like Tuesday nights at the one in Bethel Park. I did not know yeah, this. And 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 they had some DJ play. I don't know if stuff. Pizza Hut did either. No, Pizza <laughs> Hut did. They did. Because I was like my dad would take me whenever he could to stuff like that. And there was uh people dancing to songs. That's so fucking Hut. weird. And, I, and the first time I ever heard Ryan said Fred was fucking pizza. <laughs> I had a fucking breadstick in my hand. <laughs> anytime I think of that now, I think of a fucking breadstick. You need a breadstick. Which, in my mind, is this big. But yeah. as a kid, you know, that was about the size, you know. But yeah, right said, right said Fred, breadsticks right. up in my dome. Uh, as we said, uh, number five on my list here, I had uh, Chumba Wubba's Tom Thumping, mm-hmm. right? Number six, um, we all know it. It'll never, it'll never go away. Hmm. It is Vanilla Ice, Ice Ice Baby. We don't mention that name on this podcast, actually, because uh, we we did enough during our Eminem episode. Do I need to stop, collaborate, and listen? Mm. <laughs> you need to go, Ninja. Go, Ninja, go. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Um, we'll talk about him again when we get the secret of the use. <laughs> which is going to fucking oh. happen. God, yeah, absolutely. That's going to be a whole thing. If you think we're fighting now, <laughs> <laughs> I have that shit on laser disc. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, I got uh, number seven on my list here. I've got uh, Achy Breaky Heart, Billy Ray Cyrus. Oh, God damn it. Got I, a little, throw in a little country, country love in there. A little country one. To, right? You know who also, I didn't put him on the list because I didn't believe it until I did the research. Garth Brooks is one hit wonder. Which is one of those things that I don't know a lot of Garth Brooks, but I know he's mm. a mega fucking star. Yeah, he's a big star. Garth yeah. Brooks owns the state of Tennessee. Are you sure your math is right no, on this? No, he is right. He is right. Only one in the top hot 100 in the 40. Nashville has a king. People don't know this. It is actually Garth Brooks. Uh, and sec- Prince is Justin Timberlake. That's true. Which we didn't, I, didn't, I, I just want to say, just for disclaimer, that when we talked about Backstreet Boys to NSYNC. I don't want to give any disrespect to Justin Timberlake because Justin Timberlake is one of the few people that is allowed to come to my house and kiss my wife right on the mouth. <laughs> and then, and then also, I would expect I'd be like waiting there for for my turn. You know what I mean? yeah. And if you don't give me fucking tongue, Justin, I want to be real pissed. I don't, I don't think Justin would be that disrespectful. No, he I would think he would absolutely. absolutely. And I think the hand would probably go down the back a little bit yeah. and probably give yeah. you a little little uh, little grab in the ass there. He would, just... and he pull my pants up the hip level. He would. Like, he, he would do that very nice and make sure. Hey, your flies down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Justin Timberlake, keep going. Um, one of my personal favorite one hit wonders, mm-hmm. and I don't know if this is like maybe one of the top 10, but this song had legs and we all fucking rock to it. It was Fountains of Wayne, Stacy's Mom. Yeah. I remember that song. I bought a beer right? called Stacy's Mom not too long ago. Yeah, a lot of people probably, you know, Stacy's Mom's got it going on, right? She does. We she all does. know somebody that song made us think of. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. If she had given us a shot in 2003, 2002, mm-hmm. 2004, we'd be different men today. And and the thing about a lot of these songs that I'm kind of mentioning here is that, you know, they're, they're referenced in pop culture. <laughs> oh, <and they're>, God. <laughs> it's just... We'd be different men today. Like, would we? <laughs> Imagine the same goddamn person. Imagine uh, if all of us in 2002 showed up to the same poor person's house. Like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> you had to be away. Uh, okay, keep going. Uh, you were really in that. Uh, and number nine here, I got uh, Cisco's The Thong Song. Oh, that was the last thing I had to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Right? Drew Hill. We got That's right. It. Yep. 
And then, I thought, um, I swear to God, Drew Hill was like a, a cassette tape I bought once. I thought that was going to be a huge act, Drew Hill. And then nothing. But then Cisco came out of a thing. Yeah. And as soon as I saw Cisco, and this is how much my mind has been poisoned by this movie. As soon as I saw Cisco with the thong song, I immediately thought about Chris Tucker in The Fifth Element. And it came pff, linked forever. <laughs> Coven, Coven, hang on the fire. Coven. And then it's like, let me see the <laughs> I'm gonna say fucking yes. Just, just suburban women at that point were just like fucking, just wanted to just show us their thong. They did. Like thongs were just everywhere at that point. Like yeah. that song, just for that period of time, if you didn't have a thong, you got one. You got one yeah. because Cisco had. We had to see that thong. Right? Cisco had expressly, expressly requested it, <laughs> and and they just flocked. Yeah. Excuse um, me, ma'am. Are you wearing your thong? Cisco has expressly requested it. You need to pass the thong check in order to proceed. <laughs> oh, okay. Please, please go in. And then, uh, so the last one I had here was what I was pretty difficult to kind of come up with, but I went with um, Mickey, 1980s. Oh. Uh, from uh, Tony. I'm going to probably say the last name wrong here, but it's uh, Basil, Basil, you know, depending on how you say the herb. I guess I'm taking, I'm taking this. Um, I'm taking this. Taking your jacket I, off that, this. that comes in, in a world of because I had that and I had uh, Whip It from Devo. Oh man! Because that was right around the time MTV was really starting, and that's when music videos were really starting to take Came hold. Over and over again. And I don't think those songs get over if you no. didn't have a music video like to they did to, to kind of level. take them to that next level and expose people to it. Because you know those bands and and really those songs. If you really kind of just take them on their own without the video with it. Terrible. Right. But you have the iconography that kind of go with mm-hmm. those two. And um, I, that kind of transitions into how, you know, One Hit Wonders, I think, kind of morphed as the music industry grew, as genres grew. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, one of the things that that I, I think is, is worth talking about is, in, or, or at least asking about, is what was the greatest decade of one hit wonders. That was the last question I had to ask you. Yeah. Now before we do, excuse me, you had the fucking balls to mention Mickey, which I took my I took my trademark overshirt off <laughs> <laughs> because I, I know my wife's never gonna listen to this. So I feel fine to be honest with everybody in Peru and Algeria and Bosnia right now. That's all makes me think of Mickey James. And uh, yeah, I feel like I feel like I grew up the minute she showed up on our televisions, like to a certain extent, and I've never come back down. And I feel like if there's like a handful of people that I would legitimately stutter in front of, (laughs) Mickey James would be one of them. But the question I had to ask is uh, going into before we did this episode, and you can ask me, Mr. Brown, what's the greatest decade in the history of One Hit Wonders? I would have said the 90s. So many 90s. But then doing my research and doing stats, there is a sizable amount of data that suggests the 80s was the best one-hit wonder decade. Hmm. So I would say my, my my experience was because, fuck, I remember the entirety of the 90s. I would say the right. 90s. But the data speaks that says, I mean, the 80s also, yeah, disco started the 80s. And that's something we don't even, we intentionally... Don't fucking touch. <laughs> we leave disco the fuck alone. Yeah, y'all can worry about disco. We're dealing with their stuff. So, Not in this house. So that's a great question, guys. What do you, what do you think? Well, 
I would say I would uh, I would be you know pressed to say otherwise. But I would say probably the eighties because outside okay like in the nineties two thousands like you know the MTV BET VH1 mm-hmm. uh, you know the internet streaming you know the whole nine yards just giving people more options to see bands or experience them on a wide stage in ways that in the eighties it wasn't that nearly as easy to be able to do you know like. An album came out. They like uh, a band or a group or an act tour, and they get on the radio. Maybe they get an appearance on late night or something. But that was about all you were gonna get. Yeah, right. But flash forward, nineteen ninety four. You got all sorts of avenues to get people a to lot see more. So bands that maybe probably could or should have been <laughs> had no business going farther than they should, uh, got more exposure and got more popular. So I yeah. think it makes more sense that there'd be way more in the eighties and there'd be a, a, a a more sizable amount in the 80s. That makes sense. Mac. Baby Got Back was in 1992, I believe. And as a result of that, the 90s is the greatest decade for one-hit wonders. Yeah. Okay. I um, give you that. I give you that. You know, the Baby Got Back, yep, 1992, um, I think is... I don't think anybody's ever listened to Baby Got Back and either not quoted it in some conversation that they've had with people in their life. This is so true. Um, there's not a barbecue that I go to when somebody's like, do you want a hot dog? And I said, I don't want none unless you got buns, hun. Right? Yeah. I do that. Yeah, I, I, uh, true. M- my wife can attest that I constantly, every time you go, uh, double up, uh, uh, <laughs> like, all, like a thousand times, anything that makes a sound, I would do it. I've been doing it for 10 years. Um. There were there were some some unbelievably obscure one hit wonders in the 1980s. Bruce Willis had a top 40 he hit did. in the 1980s. Rodney fucking Dangerfield he had did. a couple. A, Patrick Swayze had, right yeah. had a hit in the 1980s. Right again, Eddie Murphy had it. Apparently, that was mm-hmm. a hit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, even though it's 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 much maligned and and, and often you know joked about. Um, but I think about the evolution of music as the '90s came along, and I and 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 you know maybe this is also because this was the time of my life where I really started paying attention to music, mm-hmm, right? For sure. And um, you know, growing up, you know, being you know eight years old when 1990 hit, <coughs> starting to kind of develop my own um, you know identity with music yeah. versus what like my brother and my sister would want me to listen to, and you know. Music went in a really weird place in the 1990s, yep. if you think about it. Was it was a weird kind of a span from where it started to where it ended. You know, if you 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 have the 80s hairband, um, you know, influence starting, and then you have the antithesis of that where, you know, the Seattle grunge uh, starts coming in. Of course, those bands all just blow up. And, you know, where rock music starts in the 1990s because metal really i think grows in the 1990s also oh yeah for sure uh and to where it ends because you know bands like matchbox 20 and goo goo dolls and like the wallflowers were considered rock bands in the 1990s and if you look back and you think about what rock is you wouldn't really think about that as being a rock band but like train like they were all played on the rock radio we don't talk about train on this show (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm just putting them out there. He used the phrase, my unshaven chest. 
and a song. Nobody ever said that he was a a, um, a lyricist of <laughs> great renown. No, but I don't know you who know. the guy from Train is, but fuck you. Uh, <laughs> his name's Pat Monahan, and he is from here. Is he? Is he, he from, is from Pittsburgh? No, Western Pennsylvania. He's okay, a little so, bit north. A little bit so, north. Pat Monahan. Fuck you. And you know what? While I'm at it, oh, while I'm at it, yeah. Western Pennsylvania, fuck you. Oh, come <laughs> on, man. The wonders are from your EP. No, that's not Western Pennsylvania. That's Northwestern Pennsylvania. That's, uh, that's, that's different. different. The right. O'Neaters. Yeah. But like, and then you have to also think about, I think women's music really started to get a voice in the 1990s. Yeah, for sure. And Late you had- in the early 90s. Right. Yeah. You started to see where- musical acts that didn't quite fit a definition were able to get their their voices heard whether it was like Joan Osborne or you know Natalie Imbruglia uh, um you know just just go ahead and pull up a little a little fair naked on the floor Meredith Brooks <laughs> Meredith Brooks um, just go ahead and pull up any Lilith Fair lineup from 1997 to 2002 mm-hmm. and it's pretty much every one of them at least had one hit right yep. Sean um, Colvin right and that song, I think that song won Grammys. That song was, was, was a lot yeah. of the songs. Sunny came. Sunny today came home. Actually, won Grammys. Yeah, Sunny mm-hmm. came like, home was a massive song when it came out. It's about how much it sold though. Right. Um, but you know, I, I I think that you know, music started to really find other ways of being music in the 1990s, and and a lot of the one hit wonders, I think, really kind of lent to that. So for sure. And, and even though statistically it might not quite, because again, you know, in the 80s, especially during the early to mid 80s, the only way you could track music was by purchasing it oh, yeah. or by listening to having plays on the radio. Right. Whereas as we go through the 90s, that whole that whole way of being able to consume music Starts changed change. as soon as we go from cassette tapes to CDs. Yep. And then music becomes digital and then you can start downloading on computers. We could share it. Start you know, tracking it, what, steal I, it. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember who said it on, it, it was it was some, it was a musician, maybe it was Trent Reznor. Trent Reznor said it. That... Um, you know, he loved going to buy music because it wasn't just getting that album um, and listening to the music that was on it, but it was having that tangible thing in your hand, mm-hmm. pulling the cellophane off of the disc or off of the cassette tape, having the artwork because yeah. the artwork of the album was a huge piece. And then having the lyrics and being able to read the lyrics as you're listening to the song. You know, you went from that and people going to, you know, National Record Mark and um, Faye. Yes. Uh, and then, you know, Best Buy, who ultimately ended everything. Yeah, they, um, did they ever. They mm. really did. But to then going to the start of digital consumption. Yeah. Which then opened up new um, avenues and new artists to be able to go through. So, you know, I think where One Hit Wonders are concerned, I think the 90s are exponentially important for that because it really represents the transition from where we came from with music to where we are today. So all of that together. So you say 90s? I say 90s. Okay. Cool. Cool. That's respectful. Well, 90s, 80s, One Hit Wonders. You know, I... We aren't through the one-hit winners. There's going to be plenty more, but yeah. uh, you know, one can only wonder what how the genre of music and how one-hit wonders is going to be processed now in the the age of thirty-second Instagram clips and YouTube videos and stuff. But what we can tell about the future is the future of this podcast. Because <laughs> what a great episode! What a great fun thing! I think yes. we, we got. 
close to the point of me um, proverbially spitting in your face, Doc. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Telling you, you not to disrespect the, the fine name of Bad Boys 2. And you not to disrespect the fine name of Return of the fucking Jedi. Like, oh my god. <laughs> I don't to... hate Return of the Jedi. I know you I'm don't. just not going to sit there and say that it's... I mean, I, we're going to go ahead and... You know what? I'm not even. Gonna, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna save it because I have. There's confl- a lot of Star Wars. I have a lot of. I have There's a lot of so conflicting. Much. I have a lot of conflicting emotions about Ewoks. 2022 so. is gonna be a really interesting. Year <laughs> yeah. Because I think we're gonna. We're, we're gonna. We have plans to end the year by completely disregarding our format, and I think 2022 we're just gonna say fuck it. And let's just argue about shit for <laughs> an entire calendar year and see if we can keep the Western Hemisphere involved. You Maybe. Know? But keeping people involved, you know, one hit wonders, how could you, something so broad, I think we did well narrowing it down, only moderately mentioning Michael Bay. Thank God. You know? Uh, but hey, coming up, Next week, what do we got on tap, we, Doc? We, we got Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat 1994. The movie. Film back over again. In which its theme song was, in fact, a one-hit wonder. Yeah, such KMFDM. a great song. That's right. It's a good I could... saw KMFDM live. They did not play Mortal Kombat. Did you ask for your money back? <laughs> I did not see them on purpose. They're... They were they were the opening band to another band. And I was like, oh! Nope, didn't play Mortal Kombat. I was totally... We, I was like, Cyrax. They never did it. <laughs> there, there is a band that I am a, a big fan of, uh, as you may know, called Modest Mouse. You are. And I have seen Modest Mouse in concert three separate times. And those motherfuckers have not played Float On on any oh, single yeah. one of those concerts. I saw Radiohead and, once, no creep. I can't. Yeah. And I just don't understand it. I'm yeah. like, listen, I know you guys have other songs. I do enjoy them, but nothing has ever hit quite like that song. And even with me, this is the song that introduced me to you. Yeah. And I've been to see you three fucking times. They won't do And it. not once by accident, you sneeze to float on They're into mad the microphone. I maintain bands do that do that clearly out of spite. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because it's, re- it's a really dick thing to do because they know people want to hear I it. I know <laughs> they've played that song a gajillion fucking times in their life and probably over a three-year period. It was mandatory. They had no choice but to play. They had no choice but to play that song. But you know what? You know, 15 years later, when I'm seeing you open for, you know, some fucking band that I like, play the goddamn song. (laughs) You're on for an hour. You have have seven songs to play. Yeah, do it. So, yeah, we got Mortal Kombat coming up with a very special guest. Yeah, very special guest who we will we will we will plug as we get closer because I don't want I don't want to jinx it but okay. Uh, okay. we have mentioned totally her a thousand fucking times yeah easy easy boy and easy. Uh, after that we're after gonna cover that, Survivor Series 1998 Survivor Series 1998 now I am super excited yes. for this because yes. I want to see can we keep a single wrestling show to under five fucking hours <laughs> <laughs> but this one this one it's I'm not a bad show cause it's a deadly game Oh my God! So much going on. It's 1998. It's the World Wrestling Federation, and the the Attitude Era is peak. I mean, literally weeks before this, they overtake Nitro yes. in ratings and yeah. never this come back. This is such an important pay per view for a lot of reasons. For a lot of reasons. And let me just list off a couple of the stars that are on this fucking God, show. It's star Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, Mick Foley. Ken Shamrock, Vince McMahon, the big boss man, the fucking Undertaker, Kane, Shane McMahon, and mystery people all the way throughout it. Yeah. So fucking stacked. And yes. we're going to argue about it for hours or not. Pretty Pretty much, we don't know. Do how we mention go. Bad Boys 2? That's a good way. You Listen, ain't never seen Bad Boys 2. Don't see if you haven't you seen, seen it. Fuzz? 
Yeah. 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 That's my, yeah. my thing. I asked my wife that. She saw Hot Fuzz, has never seen Bad Boys too. Well, she's I was like, that's like serving that joke up to me on a silver <laughs> matter. You ain't never seen Bad Boys too. So. I also recently played Fable 2, so my West Country British accent <laughs> is particularly <laughs> terrible right now. Awesome. But what's awesome? Mac, last two episodes. You Gentlemen, have been a it's fucking thank you very much man. for uh for having me here. You know, the first uh the episode last week was where um you know, you guys were very gentle with me. You lit mm. some candles you in the suite. It in. You guys uh wined and dined me. We put some Sarah McLaughlin on, not <laughs> the fucking sad puppy song that Mm-mm. plays on every single commercial Fuck when like song. the dogs are dying Maybe and everything. I do believe I've nailed uh, you. But no, like the the hotter stuff that you could definitely bang mm. to, right? Um, and then you guys took my, my podcast cherry. And then this episode, um, we just fucking got weird. We and did, man. We, we, we just started screaming at each other. It wasn't, rails. it wasn't candles. We you put know. red lights in. Somebody was wearing a mask with <laughs> a fucking gonna, zipper to it. I'm just going to say right now, I kind of got a lot of clarity right now. I got full on post not clarity. An hour ago, we were screaming at each other. <laughs> shit. And I just feel like we can come back from that. Yeah. But I apologize to the people that were with us an hour ago when Bad Boys 2 and Return of the Jedi and Rise of Skywalker and whatever else we said. We appreciate you. Yeah. Yeah, we pre- yeah. and, and, and don't forget. Except Green Day. Well, we all know how you feel about Green Day. Fuck I, you. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on oh, that one. Oh, oh, oh. Fuck Trapped. <laughs> fuck Trapped. And fuck Trapped. I got eight. Do we, do we fuck Eiffel 65? No. Because they're blue. Oh my god. So is it I'm blue dabba dee dabba die or is it blue if I were green I would die? I think it's dabba dee dabba die. I always thought it was too. But my I... wife's like, I'm in need of a guy. I'm like, that's a mental shit. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that at a club. <laughs> Please follow us on all of our socials. Yeah. Specifically yeah, Twitter. New Twitter. Yeah, new Twitter. It's at nothing good pod that's at nothing good pod check us out on youtube we'll usually put you know we'll put out uh tweets about upcoming episodes and eventually i'm gonna i kind of want to put out you know surveys for questions or something like that when we actually get followers (laughs) we need followers for that but we're working on that yeah mac we're gonna have you back yeah gentlemen i would uh we'd love for you to come back i'd love i'd love to be back you know uh i i have uh you know as you guys mentioned the mortal Kombat episode coming up um, I have, as uh, if, if you joined us for the Sega channel, I've mentioned my I absolute fucking love for the Mortal Kombat video game mm-hmm. franchise, which then kind of transitions to a tepid feelings of, you know, I'll pick you up if you're at the airport, but it, not early in the morning, like late at <laughs> night kind of a thing yeah. for the movies. Um, but there, but I would love to talk about Mortal Kombat. Oh, we're not um, going to talk about Annihilation. No. <sighs> There's no way you can't not talk about Annihilation. It's going to have to come up. It'll have it, to it come has, up. It'll have to come up. Fucking but we'll try to guy. obviously <sighs> keep it on, on, on there. But also, you know, um, fucking Survivor Series 98. Yeah. Oh, Everybody so you mentioned, maybe with the exception of one or two, are, are all Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the, every the, single person. The lineup that WWE had at that point, not just Hall of Famers, but Hall of Famers in their Fucking prime. Murderer's mm. row of talent right yeah. there. And underappreciated. But you yep. know what? We're going to talk about it. Uh, next week is Mortal Kombat. And uh, we hope you join us every single Tuesday on your favorite, wherever your podcasts are available. Apple, yes. Spotify. But, hey, thanks for joining us. Yes, thank you, guys. We appreciate you. Be safe out there. Mac, thanks, make everybody. A we- make a weird noise. Ooh, nothing good. Toddlers. <laughs>